0: The following is brought to you in association with, and from a proud partner of, The Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment, here.
1: You're listening to Pure Rock Radio. Feed your addiction! Yeah!
2: This episode is brought to you by the bleeding old blood club with this important message the bleeding old blood club believes life doesn't end at 40 live life take that trip learn that skill get in the pit learn to skate or get back on your skateboard shred it up once again check us out on facebook the bleeding old blood club you can teach an old dog new tricks. Tonight's episode of Radioactive Metal is dedicated to the memory of Molly Hatchet founder Steve Holland.
3: Hey, this is Nice Rocket from Onslaught, and you're listening to Radioactive Metal. <music>
4: Welcome
5: to Radioactive Metal. This is Radioactive Metal, your source for news, views, tunes,
4: and interviews.
5: Here are your
4: hosts Snowy, Rock, Corrine, and Aaron.
2: What's up, everyone? Welcome to an, I guess, it might be a little too easy, but an onslaughting episode of Radioactive Metal. This is episode 619, and I'm Snowy White.
0: And this is Aaron. And dear listeners, this episode is brought to you by the only coffee that is as strong as a part of the human anatomy and not the part you're thinking. Go back two episodes and listen to find out what part I'm talking about. But I'm talking about True Coke Coffee, trvekvlt com, the coffee by Metalheads for Metalheads, T-R-V-E dot K-V-L-T dot coffee on Instagram. It rules. Interact with them there. Subscribe today because not only will you not run out of coffee, not only will you guarantee yourself you have a steaming hot cup of the blackest coffee available. You will also get not one but two fantastic bands every month, handpicked and curated by Mr. Coffee Bean Occulta himself. Subscribe today. Mm-hmm, so what's going on, mm-hmm. today, man?
2: Well, I got a I got a hot cup going on right now in my Pink Floyd of the Wall mug, and I have to admit, I kind of need it with um. With, with all the craziness and all, everything that's going on in the world, and we've talked about it over and over on this show, just kind of, you know, we're having, we've been having our own segments just about the political and social issues going on in the world right now. Up here, with the whole COVID thing, though, we kind of had a, um, like, a spike of cases really? where, like, there was, like, 20 new cases. But it was all isolated, like in one area. So that's really not bad. And I know people think, people in the US might be like, okay, Snowy, like, relax. 20, you know, you're, <laughs> you're, you're getting excited over 20 new cases. Shit, my city, you know, had a 1,000 new cases over, over, over the weekend and all that. So it's like, yeah, but up here, you know, we were doing so well and uh yeah it's just balls were kind of dropped and we're now over like a hundred like a hundred cases throughout the province like active right now which is still which is still amazing you know i'm really i'm really not arguing too much but i figured you know what i think what i'm going to do just for my own safe safety sake and all that if i don't absolutely positively have to go out and venture out into the world then you know i'm kind of not going to maybe cause kind of a quasi quarantine for the for the next couple weeks so with that in mind i spent my friday night just me and my buddy jack lit just listening to tunes and play watching videos and all that will be reflected in uh in my metal fix which i know we're all kind of getting uh eager to get into, because I know you got a lot to talk about, I got yeah, a lot yeah. to talk about. We um, we have another, another kick-ass, legendary um, creature feature to get to. Lots of stuff to talk about, so um, while I take another swig of my true Carvald coffee, let's uh, get on with it.
5: We've been very busy this week. Here's our Metal Fix.
0: Well, hey, bro, what's going on? All right, man, so I actually had a whole lot of stuff happen, like, that's pretty metal for a change, um, I, like, culminating with last night, and, dude, like, I, I can't believe it, it's been pretty exciting, um, but, so, I need to point something out, as we record this today, today is uh, August 8th, it is National Cat Day, apparently, and I don't know not about kidding. you, but, like, ever since... Any nobody has anything to do but sit at home. Everybody seems to be up on these national days, and um, it's National Cat Day. And have have we ever talked about the Spy Museum down in Washington D.C.?
2: I don't think so.
0: Okay, so Washington D.C. has all these free museums, but the the Spy Museum I think is like twenty or thirty bucks to get in. Um, it's worth it, and you have to book your ticket well in advance and get in line because it's always packed. But it's so worth it. But um, I started following them on Instagram, right? Like, this is one of the few times, like, when I visit that museum that I've really been terrified. Because I'm like, you start learning all the things you don't know. And you're like, oh, my God. Um, It's like the Men in Black thing. Like, you know, we make sure nobody knows so they can sleep at night kind of thing. (laughs) I'm (laughs) like, whew. But um, so the Spy Museum pointed out today... On National Cat Day, that there was a project back in the sixties called Acoustic Kitty.
6: Uh, okay. Right
0: now, I saw that, and I'm thinking what you're probably thinking right now: like, oh my goodness, the band Kitty put out an acoustic record. Acoustic record. MTV yeah. unplugged. <laughs> Holy crap! Um, but no, no, because again, it was in the sixties; they didn't come around until the nineties. And um, what they did apparently is the government said we're going to outfit cats with a listening device. So we can, you know, spy on the Kremlin. They spent twenty million dollars <laughs> to surgically implant this cat with a listening device, right? Wow. And, well, here's the best part. Because I'm like, holy no. crap, like this is amazing. Like, 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 I wonder how this worked. They said the project was abandoned because, like, shortly after the cat was released, like, like minutes later, it was hit by a uh, by a cab on the street. Twenty million dollars oh, down the drain oh, like that. Down,
2: right down the tubes. Yeah, yeah. Oh,
0: but I'm just like, jeez, right? And I just thought that, like, that kind of fits with like the political climate today, you know, with with all the spy stuff going on in the Kremlin and Russia, you know. So let to share that. Um, the more things change, right, right. So check this out. So um, nobody can attend concerts right now, and I've been kind of wondering what's going to go on with music, and so I. I'm dying for Kiss because Kiss still has concerts that they haven't canceled yet, which I'm surprised. But I was on YouTube last night, and some kid or some fan, I think, some like fan, put together this movie. It's uh, Kiss One Last Time Live from New York City. It's basically like his own documentary. It's on YouTube. It's free, and um, I started watching it last night, and it's all about like the end of the road tour. I'm like, okay, this kind of cool, and it's you know so far what I've um, watched is produced pretty well. You know, mm-hmm. so so that's you know coming up. So I'm going to watch more of that later. So check that out. And then uh, Snowy, I can't believe, um, or I don't believe, rather, that we've ever talked about Scooby Doo in WrestleMania on this show, have we?
2: Um, not, not WrestleMania, but we have. At I don't know if it was with you or with our former co-host Rock and all that, because he's a big Kiss fan, but. We did discuss um, the Scooby-Doo Meets Kiss.
0: Yeah, well, I love Scooby-Doo Meets Kiss because I actually bought that for the kids, figuring there was no way I could lose, right? Mm -hmm. Because even if they don't like it, I'm going to like
2: it. That's Scooby-Doo, man. Like Those movies are awesome.
0: Yeah, right? Well, have you seen the WrestleMania one?
2: No, no, actually. (laughs) I I didn't
0: know it existed, right? It came out in 2014. And uh, my daughter and I were baking cookies the other night. So when we bake cookies, we typically put on a movie. And, like in the background while we're cooking. Because the living room and kitchen are right beside each other. And so she puts on this newer Scooby-Doo movie that's Scooby and the Blue Falcon. Which I absolutely love.
2: That was fantastic. So good, right? Uh-huh.
0: So we're watching that. And then she puts on this other one, WrestleMania. And I'm like, I didn't know about this. Like, dude, Triple H is in it. John Cena's in it. Kane's in it. It's so good. It's so much fun. So for you guys, you've got to check it out. You and Ducky. Um, I, I feel like that should be a topic of Wrestling Night in Canada some night. Yeah,
2: <laughs> Wait, perhaps, perhaps.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because it, it was it was really good, I was enjoying that. Now check this out. So music wise, Ace Frehley has a new single out. Oh. Because he has a new album out, and it's all covers while well, the new album's coming out. I guess it's the first single. And it's going to be all covers. I can't remember what it's called. I feel bad. Um But I, I had to laugh because, you know, Ace Frehley, he's the spaceman. And, um, you know, they've called him Space Ace and all that sort of stuff for years. And so the first single off this album is Space Truckin'. Oh,
2: I want to hear that, dude! Like, it's
0: awesome. Now. It's really good. It's really good. It's on Apple Music. I think you can probably get it on Spotify and possibly even on YouTube at this point. It's really good. Like, um, uh, it's really good. Like, I'm really excited to hear the rest of this record because sometimes Ace, like Ace, it just has a strange voice, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, like he's, and and I think part of it is just because. I was so used to the way that Gene and Paul sounded, and you didn't hear Ace very much. Like he just really needed to find that niche for his voice. Like so, New York Groove is great for his voice. Obviously, he wrote that one. But like when he did, um, he did a cover of Do You? You remember Do and Do You yeah. Want My yeah. Love? Like his cover of that was really good, you know. And the, dude, and this Space trucking is really good. It's dude, yeah. You got to check that out.
2: Yeah, there is an official music video for it up on YouTube. Oh yeah, dude, yeah, you're gonna enjoy this. I'm putting it on as soon as we're done here.
0: And then, and hang on, I have to look this up because I can't. I wrote it. I wrote down new Gojira single, but I forgot to write down the name of the single. And I listened to it twice yesterday because it was pretty damn awesome. But Gojira has a new single, and I was feeling teased because I was hoping there was a whole new album. Um, but the single is called Another World, and it's about four and a half minutes, I think. It's badass. It's it's also killer. And I've been dying for Nugojira. Like, dying for Nugojira.
2: Well, yeah, yeah.
0: So, I can't wait. Um, that's coming up. And then, I have to say, Snowy, you're not going to believe this, but I actually got to go to a concert last night. Right on, right on. I got to see Clutch live okay. from my studio. <laughs> Dude, I I love Clutch and they keep putting out new records and that like the more they the more they play, the more I like it. And I think that they hit on something that if other bands like follow suit, that at least until we figure out how to move forward, that it could satisfy could satisfy a lot of people and probably help out an industry that's hurting right now, right? Because so we all know that the live music industry is just in a fucking tatters. Oh crap! Oh, sorry, I'm kicking stuff all over the place here, but <laughs> like it's just it's in tatters, right? Like mm-hmm. nobody knows what to do. Um, we've got just you know, just nobody knows what to do. You know, like even when, like I think some of the bars here are starting to have like some local shows. But just, like, how do you get people out? How do you enjoy it? Are people going to go out? Because I really want to go to my local bar. But, like, you know, you said your cases went up to 20. I'm like, ours are still climbing every day, you know. And I just, ugh. Like, I, I don't want to be be into that. But so Clutch, and this was called Live from the Doom Saloon 2. So they've already done this once, I think, back in May. And I, somehow I missed the first one. And this one, I only found, I, I can't remember if I only found it yesterday or if I found it like the day before, but it, it was really, really close. So so check this out. So you remember we were talking, who was it? It was, um, oh my goodness, who's the band? Help me. Um. <laughs> oh, those guys. You know, yeah, yeah those guys. Guy. They're Pittsburgh band, punk rockers, Anti-Flag. Okay. Uh, okay. Yes. I remember, like, like we were we we're talking about their summer tour package where you get like the laminate and old shows streaming at certain times.
6: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm like, ah, like you know, like, do you really need to put a time on a show that's already recorded? Like, you could really watch that anytime. Like, I, I, right. I just feel like. I feel like you're cheating the fans a little bit on that one. Like, oh, big time with you that. You know, just, just, if you're going to do it, let me pay the money. Like, you know, let me have access to it. I mean, if you're going to say that, hey, at this time when we watch it, the band will be online and we'll chat with you and do live commentary. Like, that'd be something different. But but I was just like, I just didn't know. And I think, I think like, the one bundle was like 25 bucks for, the, like, the Laminate t-shirt and a couple shows. And then there was, like, a $50 one. Well, Clutch... And this is pretty cool. It's a complete live stream, right? They're in this, like, I don't know if it's their practice room or if the Doom Saloon really is a place. But um, it looked like they are in the corner of a bar. Like, it looked like a bar I used to play, quite honestly. And it's completely live. $9 just to attend this live stream. Hmm. And I'm like, nine bucks? That's pretty reasonable. So they had my interest for that. I'm like, okay, nine, nine bucks. I'd attend it. And like, I'm looking a little more into so I'm like, and I'm realizing it's truly going to be live. And then I found out that the fans are picking the set list. Ah. Right. Now, it was one fan, it was a contest. So you had to have your entry in by the 27th. Um, being that I only bought my ticket yesterday, I was late. But um, this one guy won. And. I knew one song on the entire set list. None, of the, all the other songs were like crazy deep cuts. Right. You on. know, I'm like shit. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, but but they did it. Like that's the cool thing. It's like they did it. Nobody knew what they were gonna get except for the one guy that picked it, right? And I don't even know if he knew, you know. And so so again, nine dollars. I'm like, man, that's that's worth it. And then after attending last night, the video was killer. The audio was killer. It was fantastic. But then here's what pushed me over the edge. So you could buy a t-shirt for $29 of the event. Um, and I'm like, okay, well, you know, t-shirt, 30 bucks, That's about your average concert t-shirt. But right. then for $5 more, $34, you get the ticket to go to the show. I'm like, okay, so now your ticket goes from $9 to $5. Then you buy the shirt. Well, I end up buying the collector's bundle. You get the shirt, a live recording of the show on vinyl, um, and a signed poster um, from the band, and, and your ticket for hundred bucks. Wow! And well, like,
2: actually, hmm, that's not bad.
0: That's but. what I thought. Like, 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 I looked and I'm like, no, hundred bucks for this sounds really reasonable. Because again, you don't know what the show's gonna be. You know, you had no idea what what like what the set list was going to be. It was a big surprise. But now you're going to get a recording of it, and especially in this day and age, like, you know, twenty years from now, like like if I'm talking to my grandkids, I'll be like, "Yeah, this record was when we couldn't leave the house." You know, like
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: You know, it's it's just like really. I don't know. I just I thought that was a really really good package right for, for 100 bucks and j- and then again like seeing the show i'm like holy shit this is so good and i'm gonna hand it to him because like they even like commented um like neil fallon is like dude he's like the silence here is deafening you yeah. know because uh-huh. like they end and there's nobody cheering and they're like man i sure hope you guys are making noise at home but it was just fantastic like they still put on a great show like I've seen them live twice now and um, like they, they put on the same kind of show that they would put on if you saw them you know on, on tour but the cool thing was again like it was in like a little club so you kind of got the taste of hey this is what how they started out and Neil made the comment like the one song that the guy picked who won um, he's like I wrote this song when I was 19 he's like so right around like you know, 30 years ago or somewhere there, 29 years ago, something like that. Um, so, I mean, like from the band's beginning, this song got picked out, you know. Um, and, where was I going with this? Damn it. I totally just, lost my train of thought.
2: Okay. Well, no, it's just the whole, that that whole package just, yeah. you know, and that the real selling point is that's, that vinyl Okay, like that's practically one of a kind. That's mm-hmm. that's cust- custom made vinyl 20 yeah. years from now to a rabid diehard clutch fan that missed this whole event. Yeah, that is going to be worth a pretty penny. Yeah, it, it really will if you were to throw that up on eBay 20 years from now. Like, that's wow,
0: but it's just cool. And, and like I said, like. The like you get to see, I, I got to see the band better than I would see them. Like if I was like in an arena show or something like that, or a bigger venue or something, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And but I like I feel like the band is going to have to be a certain caliber because I mean, dude, these guys are just so good. Like they're so good, and I mean, I, they just killed it. I mean, they absolutely killed it. The sound was killer they just nailed the set last night and i started thinking i'm like you know other bands need to follow suit like put because cuz i mean it wasn't like they just like had like an iphone streaming like a lot of artists have been doing like uh-huh. they they had a production like they were really doing a production live stream like a live broadcast they had people running sound, they had people running lights, like they talked about the people that they had out there, you know, that we couldn't see that were off camera, they were running all these things, you know, their camera crew, all that sort of stuff. So I honestly think that if some of these other bands, like like take Maiden, for example, picture if Maiden did a package like this for 100 bucks, you get a ticket to a live show, the fans are picking the set list. And it's gonna have like custom vinyl and a custom T-shirt, dude. Uh, I'd pay hundred bucks for that in a heartbeat. I
2: would, yes. For Maiden, yes. Yeah,
0: like, like imagine for all of that, yeah. Yeah, because imagine the stuff that we could get them to play, you know, that you don't <laughs> normally hear, and and think about because the thing is, you know, like like and th- this is what I think was kind of cool because you know um, Neil was saying that the the band went through the set list and he's like, man, it was hard. And this is what the band sounded on. And I'm like, these are none of the songs that I would have expected to hear, like, if they were on tour.
6: Mm-hmm. You
0: know? So, like, these are the songs that the band's like, oh, man, I really wish we could play this one. And now they could. You know? And so, uh, like, I mean, p- picture, like, l- let's take KISS, right? Think about all the songs that KISS has to play. Oh, Yeah. Versus what they want to play.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure.
0: You know, do you know how happy Gene Simmons would be to not play I Was Made for Loving You? (laughs) If
2: uh, my second and would probably be my only Kiss show after that, if they did none of the hits, if they did nothing but stuff from, you know, from Monster, you know, like Ladder. Latter Day Kiss and all that. If they just did stuff from that, I would be good.
0: But there's even like, like I could, I could put together a killer set list from those first six records um, that people like would love. But they're like, oh my goodness, like I forgot about this song. Or, like you don't hear it live. But then I was thinking, like, what I really want, and th- and this is just, this is absolutely what I want. This would be the time that Kiss could grab Bruce Kulick and be like. Let's do the Asylum Tour set list. Let's recreate the Asylum Tour. You know, they just put it in one spot. They film the whole thing, stream it live with the confetti. Everything just like 1984, you know, or 86, I'm sorry. And this, because, I mean, all those guitars are still floating around. Um, Bruce Kulick still has his. He shows them on Instagram. So they could put on that whole show. Like picture just like these different era shows and not having to play the hits or like like the real deep cuts you know because they do that like on their kiss cruises and stuff like that right um i like i just think about all the things that maiden can play that kiss could play like all these great songs i think that'd be a blast it would
2: be sorry it would be a blast for connoisseurs like you and i Joe and Jane, average Maiden fan and Kiss fan, if you don't do rock and roll all night, if you don't do Number of the Beast, there's going to be a riot.
0: Well, yeah, but on a streaming show, let them riot. They're in their own living room. Oh,
2: (laughs) go ahead. Slash the seats.
0: I know. Slash the seats. Knock over the refrigerator. (laughs) Knock yourself out. Have a great time. You know?
2: Yeah, yeah, but you're going to have a lot of disappointed fans and all that. Yeah. Uh, oh well <laughs> but I mean
0: uh, hey, but would okay, you yeah. because there wasn't a single person on that clutch stream that's like oh I wish they did this you know I mean we were all calling for an encore uh, mm-hmm. like because they they had the chat and stuff going They're like oh yeah yeah like like encore encore and I didn't care what they played I'm like anything anything else because just so good you know so I just started start thinking like if more bands took that approach where they're like okay We're going to do this real production. Here's how it's going to go. This is what we're going to do. And this is the thing. And so check this out. Um, I tell you, like the T-shirts are like 29 bucks. And then, you know, like yeah, the different packages. When you buy a T-shirt, $2 from every T-shirt goes to the Clutch Rogue Crew. Because they're like, we should be on tour right now. Like this is, (laughs) they're supposed to be getting some money. So. Like, they're trying to take care of the road crew. Yeah, it's fantastic. And if that wasn't enough, Neil apparently sits on the board for a charity called um, the Independent... Or no, um, not Independent. I keep saying Independent. Innocent Lives Foundation, which is for child trafficking. Um, Okay. Like, like to, to stop it and all that sort of stuff. And he's like, full disclosure. He's like, there's a link down here on this page. It's for ILF. I sit on the board. Here's what we do. You know, we're trying to stop online predators and all that sort of stuff and child trafficking. And, um, I just, wow. You know, it was just such a great time. You know, like I was just so impressed with the band. I just thought it was awesome.
2: Right on, right on. Yeah, it sounds like it. If you're going, if you're in a band and you, you know, you want to do something like this, I have websites, YouTube pages with, so many live shows that it would take me—I couldn't watch them all yeah. in my lifetime. Okay, so if you if you're going to get me, if you want me to shell out, you better do something more than just you know you on stage in an empty room and here it's twenty bucks for for this or whatever. Yeah. Because no, I'm sorry, you you're gonna have to you're gonna to have to give me a little more bang for my buck and that's it sounds like that's what you
0: got oh, dude it was so good like i said i i would gladly pay nine bucks and like if they do it a third time i i will absolutely buy the nine dollar ticket and go again um but it, i you know like if the, if the t-shirt's cool again i might get the shirt and then if they're doing the recording why not you know? Because it's just, it's such a cool thing. And I really do like Clutch. Like, I'm not, I'm not the super fan for Clutch like I am for Kiss. And that's why, you know, I knew one song on the set list last night. Mm-hmm. Um But they're still good and I could still enjoy it. So that's a cool thing, right? For and sure. And then one last thing, and then this is really it. But Bandcamp Friday, so yesterday was August 7th. It was um, another Bandcamp Friday. Bandcamp Fridays mean that if you buy music from an artist on Bandcamp that day, Bandcamp is waiving their commission and giving all of the proceeds to that artist. So far, um, they have put more than $20 million directly into the uh, pockets of artists and labels. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I think that's fantastic, right? So that's amazing. Um, so they're they're keeping it going and the next one is gonna be September fourth. Um, if you just Google like Bandcamp Fridays, you'll get you'll find the webpage. But the next one is September 4th and then October 2nd, November 6th, and December 4th. Those are the next Bandcamp Fridays. Um, I was, you know, you and I were talking about it in the chat and, um, something Snowy and I were talking about, dear listeners, is that we need to make sure that we are providing a good list in ahead of time of the indie spotlights we featured because nine times out of 10, if we have an indie spotlight on this show, and I mean, sometimes even our creature features have a bandcamp page. So we mm-hmm. want to make sure that you guys know the music that we've been supporting and endorsing so you could go out and support them as well.
2: For sure, for sure. That's why we always mention, you know, not only their Facebook, but their Bandcamp as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when we recommend a band, throw them a couple bucks, pick up their shit. Even if it's one of those name your price dealies, throw them a couple bucks anyways. Yeah, you know?
0: especially like, on Bandcamp Friday, because they get yeah.
2: money. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So, yeah, horn's way up for uh, Bandcamp for doing this. That's fantastic. I didn't think 20 million like that's...
0: That's fantastic.
2: mm -hmm, That's like 20 million out of their pockets.
0: Yeah.
2: You know, that they could probably have used in some way, shape or form. So that's absolutely fantastic. Before I get on, if you're done, before I get on with my metal fix, I want to give a big horns and shout out to casanova valentine casanova mr valentine he is like the one and only wrestler pro wrestler that we've had on our brother show wrestling night in canada here on the shining wizards network as well which is of course my podcast with our good buddy ducky and our other good buddy matt copper the one and only wrestler that we've had on so far is Mr. Casanova, Valentine. And last weekend, after we were done recording, I made my way over to Matt's place. And we watched the King of the Death Match tournament. Okay. Okay. To get a full comprehension on exactly what this um, rather brutal affair is, you'll have to go over to Wrestling Night in Canada and check it out. The thing that we really got excited for and marked out for is Mr. Valentine came to the ring the second night of the tournament in a Shit Happens t-shirt that Ducky had sent him. No! Yeah.
0: Oh, (laughs) that's awesome.
2: Yeah, yeah. And of course, Shit Happens is the name of the punk band that Ducky and a bunch of my other friends as well, you know contribute to so yeah we really marked up. we really got excited like the, the, the whole highlight of the show was his t-shirts dude, <laughs> you know? dude
0: that's so, awesome that's just is. freaking cool
2: yeah yeah and mr valentine is a legit metalhead too so oh,
0: see that's even uh, better
2: yeah yeah and um so it's probably someone that we should probably have on this show as well, because like I said, we're always we're always looking for that unique guest, you know, like band interviews are fantastic, especially what we've been having the last couple of weeks. Like, wow. But uh, yeah, every once in a while, it's just that, you know, someone that does something else but connected to the metal scene and all that is just everyone's got a story. And I'm sure uh, Mr. Valentine with what he does, he has got 800 stories for sure musically for myself the the cool records that came across my desk that really caught my attention were more fell more into the metallic hardcore and the the uh crossing over with some with with some death and some grind and all that first up available now from 20 bucks spin is the band terminal nation their latest record Holocene Extinction just just dropped yesterday. As a matter of fact, both these records I'm gonna talk about dropped just yesterday. Um Terminal Nation really cool cross metallic hardcore, you know, the the stuff I don't want to say metalcore because that gets lumped in with the Triviums and the As I Lay Dying and all that. And that really isn't the metalcore that you and I knew 20 years ago, or even even before that. Yeah. But it was that 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 type of metallic hardcore mixed in with some really cool death death metal came up with a really cool sound. We'll drop a track from that as well. Um, hardcore band Concrete their latest record free us from existence dropped as well as a lot of really cool stuff this this stuff um if you if you get into one of these i'm sure you'll like the other you know i've heard you know from what i've heard okay good good combination of some 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 good grind some good hardcore some good death metal and all that you know like that's 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 a good snowy combo plate right there We <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 need yeah, to make
0: yeah. that a segment the combo plate <laughs> like, like <laughs> we need combo. to do something with that that's that's hysterical yeah, i like that
2: yeah uh, yeah speaking of our good buddy Ducky, yeah, i want to say hello and horns up and thanks he set me up with one two three four cool agathosicles Seven-inch EPs and splits and all that, and of course Agathocles, um, legendary grindcore, mincecore band, whatever you want to call them. It just, and I just as I'm listening to these EPs, I'm, I'm kind of like, you know what? We've never had this band on, and we probably really should. not I don't know why. One 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 reason or another, if for anything to hear it straight from the horse's mouth, exactly how to pronounce this fucking band's name.
0: It's funny. That's what I was going to say. I'm like, well, we haven't had them on because we can't pronounce their <laughs> name right. I
2: mean, is, it, is it a Glothocles? Is it
3: Agath- like, You're
0: saying that. I'm like, man, like, these bands need to start giving like a fucking pronunciation guide. Like, my God, some of these names.
2: And, you know, it's the same thing with uh, Celtic Fraud. There, I said it again. Okay, it's really Celtic Frost. Tom G. Warrior himself, after 30, 40, 50 years of listening to this damn band, just last year at the Quebec Death Fest, I finally hear Tom Warrior say it Celtic. Okay, well, it must be.
0: Well, it's <laughs> Celtic Frost everywhere but Boston. That's where it's the Boston Celtic yeah. Frost.
2: <laughs> That's right. That's right. So I need one of the guys from or whatever. We need to come on the show just to say the name, (laughs) for sure,
3: for sure. And they're
2: a legendary band, so we definitely have to have them on. Some really cool records to look forward to, though. um, In October, speaking of the uh, Quebec Death Fest, we had the opportunity to finally see Benediction live. Their new record, Scriptures, drops, courtesy of Nuclear Blast. Their video for Rabid Cruelty is available now. I was given that the once-over. Really cool stuff. Really excited. As well, new Incantation. As well, that's going to be dropping in the next couple weeks. Their new album, Sect of Vile Divinities. Their video for Entrails of the Hag Queen. Okay, not safe for work this video. Okay, <laughs> Yeah. And this is um something uh this is this incantation, another band that uh we uh should definitely have had on already. And just okay. I got a couple uh couple pokers in the fire, shall we say. So hopefully something comes about with that. And another one that dropped as well. Um, you like Sepultura?
0: I do, but I'm How? more of a pre-like, like Max era fan of oh, Sepultura. Okay.
2: okay, yeah, no, no, that that's great. Go
0: way back. Okay. Go
2: way back. I'll get the way
0: back first, machine, Mr. Everybody. Get, get in the
2: way back machine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jump in your DeLorean. Go back to about 19. 84-85 when Sepultura first came about in their debut album Morbid Visions. Okay, they had one of the one of the one of the wicked songs on that album was called The Troops of Doom. And it had, you know, a different lineup. It had the Cavalier's and all that. It also had a young man who was going by the name Tormentor. Yario Tormentor. Okay, shall we say? Well, Yario is back with a band called the Troops of Doom. <laughs> okay, well, okay, kind of stands to reason. Okay, their 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 debut EP, Rise of Heresy, should be available soon. Their video and the first the first release from that record, Between the Devil and the Deep Blue Sea, that is up on YouTube right now. And I gotta say, I got really excited. I got really excited when I heard this because it was sounding like you know those first couple of releases, the first album, the first EP from Sepultura back then when they were young, young, dumb, full of cum, it sounded just like that, but with modern day production and all that. And it's like okay. oh, wow. Like chills. That's cool. Yeah, I got absolute chills when i heard this song and it's definitely i'm really thinking that yario is definitely someone that we should have on the show like we've had we've had max on a couple times we've had andres on a couple times and all that i think someone from that era focusing on that era when we chat with him and all that i think would uh make for a lot of really cool um a lot of cool chat and finally, let's get on with some tunes. But like I said at the beginning of the show last night, I'm just kind of the next little while going to be doing a little quarantining. So I pulled out some old tunage. One of the first albums I ever owned was Kisses Rock and Roll Over. I gave that a spin, as well as Bathory's Blood, Fire, Death. Going back to oh, nice. yeah, just some. Just some classic good Friday night shit, but let's get on. If you're listening to for, for the first time to this, it'll be Thursday evening, then slash Friday morning with the podcast. So to get on, how about some good tunes for that time? The aforementioned Terminal Nation from the Holocene Extinction album. This is Disciple of Deceit. Recently, I had a pretty interesting Tuesday. Okay, I, mean, I know a lot of a lot a lot, a lot of people are like, oh, "Man, my Friday lie. night is right off the hook. My Saturday, I fucking killed it. I did this, I did that." Uh, no, I definitely had a very snowy Tuesday last week. We featured none other than East Bay Rave the Mighty Dead Kennedys. You know, talking about his latest project killer smiles and of course everything going on in the united states right now is was definitely an interview not to be missed so as soon as you're if you haven't checked it out yet as soon as you're done with this episode make sure to go into our archives for last week and check that out i spoke to mr ray a couple tuesdays ago in the afternoon that same day tuesday morning I was on the horn with none other than Mister Knight's rocket from the Almighty onslaught. Rock on. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Trust me, I was, I was still. We've been doing this for many years. Okay, but I had, I had to admit, the previous night, Monday night, it's like, wow. Okay, I haven't said this in a long time, but I have a big day tomorrow.
0: You know. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So was it wasn't even a dentist appointment or getting your shoes, your haircut. cut. Wow.
2: No. Yeah, I had this, that, and another thing. Really, really exciting because Onslaught, available now, dropped a contender of a record generation. Antichrist is available now. And it has got so many wicked wicked awesome tunes that it's just you play it's 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 one of those records you play it right on gotta play it again right away right on gotta play it again right away it's just it is one hell of a barn burner so with that we had to sit down once again to speak with mr rocket about all that was going on and not only um about that new record, but we, there's just a variety of other topics. Just It's such a storied band, you know, like this band goes all the way back to the super early 80s as they were a hardcore punk band, eventually evolving into a more metallic band and now just a straight, full-on metal band. But psychologically and mentally and all that, Mr. Rocket is still a total punker at heart and head and all that and that definitely came through in the interview and it definitely comes through in the lyrical content of said new record. So yeah um we've had mr 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 rocket on in the past when they came through town did the face-to-face action interview but just there's so much as you know, been has happened since then. I definitely had to get him on for another chat to get us to Mr. Rocket. How about we drop a track from said new record, Generation Antichrist, available now. And when you're also done with this episode, I definitely recommend go to YouTube, wherever you watch videos, see watch the um promo video for this song okay to see to see mr R- rocket in clown makeup right. priceless priceless That's
3: awesome. <laughs> it
2: was definitely uh yeah so without further ado let's get to said track this is onslaught with bow down to the clown First and foremost, the question that I've been asking every one of my interview subjects pretty much since March, um, with everything that's going on in the world right now, how are you doing?
3: Um, uh, good, good and bad. Okay. Um, bit mixed. I mean, I, I, I haven't, and an, I've had an underlying health issue for about oh, seven years now. Where which I caught a virus on tour in South America. Um, I came back and it's caused me no end of problems in my, one of my lungs and it's still going on. So I'm, I'm a kind of higher risk category at the moment. So I haven't left the house um, on a weekend since March the 15th, which is kind of weird because me and my partner are very socially active. We like to go out drinking every weekend when I'm around. So, But we haven't done that um, and I haven't left the house. Um, obviously in the week it's kind of okay because it's a little quieter but um, so it's, it's had a big impact on social life of course as it has for everybody mm-hmm. um, business wise with the band um, it's, it's not been too bad because um, I haven't got bored because we, we've been so flat out really well I mean we mixed the album um, in lockdown um, which was a, a weird experience because instead of being in, in the studio with um, Daniel Bergstrand, the guy who mixed the album, um, in Sweden, I was stuck in the UK and couldn't get to Sweden for obvious reasons, so we had to mix the album pretty much by email and text message, which was kind of surreal.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, welcome to technology, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, thank, thank
3: for that, I mean, you know, I mean, if, if we didn't have that, I don't know how we would have yeah. done it. But, uh, I mean, it was incredible. I mean, the, you think about the tiniest little detail, what would take 30 seconds in the studio. For example, say, Daniel, can you just give me a little more high end on the guitar, please? Um, 30 seconds in the studio, literally. So as, as a process, that probably takes two hours via email and <laughs> going back and forth, you know, so you could imagine how long it took. Mm-hmm. The, the, the patience of Daniel to, to have to mix an album in, in that scenario, you know, is incredible. Um, and to actually get the result that we wanted and even better was was amazing. So, but yeah, and um, in business-wise, um, obviously after the mixing, it's gone on to the promotion and marketing of the album. So I've, I've been so busy. Um, I've not got bored.
2: <laughs> you. That's what's important, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, ha- hang in there, health, health wise. Stay strong. Um, your fans want you know you to be productive and healthy and happy for many, many years to come. Especially after this new record, Generation Antichrist, drops Octo- uh, August seventh. And I've been fortunate enough to give a couple tracks a spin. Pretty impressed. Um, I imagine you're pretty stoked.
3: Uh, Oh yeah, uh, extremely. Um, It's it's exceeded all expectations to be honest. Um, We we went in with a a very definite plan when we started writing the record Um, and it's it's just gone so well. I mean we we went and we we looked at the the two albums previous, Sounds of Violence and Six and then they were kind of technical records in in the Onslaught catalogue I think so we, we decided we, we want something different, something to sound completely different from the last album. So let's go back to basics. Let's go back to our influences and see what we've done. Back in the early days, What, where the band got built, you know. Um, we, we stripped the productions back. We stripped the song lengths back. I used riffs that I had in the bank from 1983. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> and, and, and it's worked, you know. The, the, everybody's picked up on it. The press picked up on it. The the fans have picked up on it. They can they can really get that old onslaught vibe back, mm-hmm. even though the, the production's uh, very aggressive and, and modern, which is exactly what I want. You you, you have to have a, a sonically amazing record these days. I think personally for aggressive music, but but people are seeing the the, the old school vibe in the music and and really hearing what we've done. So yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm also really digging. Okay, with a name like Generation Antichrist and Onslaught, back when I first discovered you guys way back, first record. I'm an old man too. Okay, you guys had a lot of the the satanic lyrics and imagery and all that. You appear to be using it again, but in different contexts now. Yeah,
3: completely. Um, I mean, obviously, obviously, back then it it was all kind of mystical satanic stuff you know like um and uh, i kind of got into that uh, from one of our roadies in the early days he was he was very much into the, the satanic stuff alistair crowley and stuff which which i started reading and um found very interesting so we kind of sort of took took that route with power from hell and, and a little bit on let there be down on the force of them but um when when we came back um, 2005, and I started writing lyrics again. Obviously, you're you're a lot that much older and a bit more experienced in life, mm-hmm. and things that things that have travelled with me through life. Um, my my dislike of religion was always there. That's probably why I showed an interest in in, in the Crowley stuff. But um, it's it's not satanic anymore. It's it's just pure and anti religion. Right. Um, my as, as I get older and I see what goes on, my, my hatred for it gets e- even stronger. You know, um, I mean, some, some people, I, I've had a bit of stick for the the two tracks in particular on on the new album. Um, you can understand the, where it's coming from um, mm-hmm. because I did I did go a little extreme on on religious suicide, but but that's that's the way I feel about it. I mean, they're, they're, it's not bash religion for bash religion's sake. You know, just to be very metal about it. It's not. It's not that. It's very personal to me. Um when I was a, when I was a young kid I would, I was made to go to church I was made to sing hymns I was made to read the bible which I didn't want to do so that's going to kind of poison you against all that and mm-hmm. it's stuck with me through life and and it, it still annoys me and and I see what religion does around the world now and it, and it gets it gets more and more hypocritical all the time so yeah there's there's very serious meanings behind the track generation antichrist and religious suicide so yeah, it's, uh, it's it's personal to me. Right on, right on. Yeah,
2: are you still like on onslaught before signing on? You you guys had deep punk roots as well. Are you still an old school punk at heart? Yeah, of course
3: not. You know, you never lose that attitude. I mean, <laughs> that's
2: something.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I didn't give a fuck about anything. I never would. That's the thing. Once you've got that attitude, it never goes away. That's
2: fair, and, true enough. Yes, yes. And
3: and the thing is, that the thrash metal attitude is is so similar. So it's is just a a natural thing. It's like we we hate everything. Punks and thrashers hate everything. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the is, uh <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, but, for um, sure. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, yeah that's, that's that's the way it's got to be. But um, yeah, I mean, as I said, I've I've used on. I think on two of the tracks, there's there's three riffs from either the same or have been slightly adapted from 1983. So uh, when I say we we tried to go back to our roots or looked at our roots with this album, so there's there's a lot of injection of early when we were a hardcore punk band, you know, and and it sounds great. It it really mixes in with the, for example, the the, the chorus on um, Strike Fast, Strike Hard, the first track on the album. Is is a riff I had that we didn't actually use back in the day um, on a recording. It was it was in a song, but it never got recorded. So I thought I'm gonna I'm gonna rob that one and use it in the chorus now because it sounds great. It's just got so much energy in it. <laughs> yes, for sure, for sure. I'm glad you you kind of leads into
2: my next question. You talking about these riffs going back to '83 because like like I said, I discovered the band with Power from Hell, and you guys. Predate that, going back, starting doing demos back in 1981.
3: Now, yeah, yeah, nine, 1982 it was. I think. Okay.
2: Yeah, yeah, but now you were in that time period of the whole new wave of British heavy metal. You know, these days that whole scene when names get dropped all the time: Blitzkrieg, Diamondhead, Budgie, um, Venom, Raven all of these bands I never see onslaught in amongst those names and I'm kind of like well why not do you feel like you're being
3: left out no no not at all. I think that was a that was a kind of uh, hard to say a, kind of, a crossover time I would say because that would that would have been the early 80s 81 82 when when hardcore punk was massive in in the UK with the likes of Discharge, the exploited uh GBH. So I was, I was still uh, from from my early teens. I was massive Pistols fan in the Clash mm-hmm. and stuff like that. A real, a real aggressive edge, and I, I never got into the new wave of British heavy metal at all. I, w- I wasn't a massive Maiden fan. Um I did like Priest, I must say, mm-hmm. um, and I love Motorhead. But Motorhead <laughs> had Motorhead had that that something that they had that punk metal crossover vibe you know um, so it, it was kind of weird because Motorhead influenced Discharge and both of those guys influenced Onslaught so I think we kind of grabbed onto the, to the Motorhead thing more I wouldn't ever say Motorhead were a new wave of British heavy metal I wouldn't class them as that they were kind of unique on their own but mm-hmm. um, so we, we kind of sort of came in at the end of that thing you know um, so we kind of bypassed that sort of went the, the route where um, I mean, we we were all young kids. I mean, Discharge influenced Metallica and Slayer on sort of every every of the early early thrash bands without question. So mm-hmm. um, we we came in from that an- angle, and and Motorhead were our sort of kind of metal influence as well from the other side.
2: Right on, right on. And I still see that today. I go to a a metal show, I'll see Motorhead shirts and patches. I go to a punk show, I see Motorhead shirts and patches. From young fans.
3: Yeah. uh, It's it's, it's the best t-shirt ever. (laughs) It it really is. It really is the best shirt ever. Um, Regardless of whether you like the band or not, it's the best metal shirt ever. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Speaking of younger audiences and all that,
2: do you like in twenty twenty, like when you get touring again and up up and running and all that? What do you see for for an audience? Are you seeing like a lot of younger fans as well, or just the old veterans?
3: No, I, I mean we're. I don't know how it pans out for other bands, but we're we're amazingly lucky that we crossed such a great divide of. Um, generations um, and even genres, um, in the fact that um, we we can play black metal festivals on our, as as the only thrash band, we can play death metal festivals as the only thrash band on the bill and go down amazingly well. We can cross a great divide there, and um, same with with the the age gap. You know, there's there's no limits to the the kids coming to the shows, especially when you go to South America and places like that. Um, so, yeah, and now, and now you, as much as I don't know whether I like it or not, all, all the streaming stuff, um, we, we can get figures now um, through our Spotify um, band page and your Apple um, band pages that give you your, your demographics of ages and stuff. And it's incredible that you see that our, our main demographic of listeners and followers on, on kind of Spotify is from 24 to, to 35. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's that's really encouraging, you know. That's that's a that's a good good section of the of the metal market and it and it goes down and and the the, the kind of eighteen to twenty fives is is equally as good, you know. So um when you look at the older end it's, it's kind of smaller. So it, it shows we're we're getting a lot of new fans, which is very cool. Right on,
2: right on. And I imagine you've influenced a lot of uh, young younger bands as well. Hell, there's even a band called Power from Hell, as yeah. well. That have kind of been been doing their own thing. What's What's your initial reaction when you see that, or young <laughs> young fans with onslaught t-shirts, or young bands with onslaught
3: t-shirts and all that? It must be so cool. Uh yeah, yeah it's amazing, man. It's just it's wonderful. But you you also you also get. You also get a lot of surprises, you know, of, of people that you've influenced over the years that you you never you never know about but then you find out about. It's like the, um, some of the guys from Slipknot wearing onslaught t shirts. Oh wow. <laughs> um and I could go back there's people like uh oh uh, loads of people I mean there's um uh, <laughs> now you got me I just <laughs> forgot everything I was going to say okay. <laughs> but uh, it's like Max Max Cavalera uh, mm-hmm. Sepultura. He I think he was number three or number two or number three in the very first Onslaught fan club we set up oh <laughs> um, wow and, and bizarre things like that and you, and you just never never and uh, the Nirgolf and play him off. um Onslaught fan and you, you just get all these things you, you appear in conversation with people and they come out oh man you influenced me so much in the early days and you just don't think about it I mean we were a bunch of young kids back in then and it's like Mike Patton big Onslaught fan oh wow Faith Namor. Um uh, yeah it's, it's, it's bizarre when, when it comes out the woodwork you know <laughs> yeah very cool <laughs> It didn't
2: didn't surprise me the least when you mentioned Max because I've had him on the show a number of times and just talking metal with him like his his face lights up and he smiles and he gets all excited, you know just just talking yeah. about music
3: and all that. I hope the, that. The the Brazilians just live for music, you know, um, <laughs> and obviously they 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 were very very key to the Brazilian scene. And, but but yeah, I mean, it's just it's so cool. I mean. Uh, so, so when when you find out about these people who, who you influenced in the early days, it's incredible, isn't it?
2: Definitely, definitely. Uh, it would be a, one hell of accomplishment or, or a compliment, for sure, for sure. Being the veteran that you are, you've done so much, you've done it all, you've seen it all. If you ever had the opportunity to send yourself like a mystical, magical email to you know, to kind of give you advice on what what you would do with your career, with what you know now, what would you tell yourself?
3: Mm. Don't, don't sign to Polygram Records. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't sign for Polygram Records and, and record In Search of Sanity with them. <laughs> <laughs> as, as, much as, I love, as much as I love the songs on the record um, and the record sold enormous quantities. But for me, it wasn't uh, an onslaught record typically. Right. Um because when when we signed to them it, it should have been it should have been the pinnacle or or the start of 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 the upturn massively of our career. But what it did was destroy the band. Because basically we, we signed for them and they, they, they wanted to turn us into the UK version of Metallica Within a year or eighteen months, right? Which which was ridiculous. Um, all right, you you can you can aim to do that over a long period of time, but not over one record. That's seriously not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But they, they they took control, artistic control of everything. Basically, they wanted to make us look the way they wanted us to, sound the way they wanted us to, and and it killed us. It um they they kicked out. Psychedelia, our singer at the time, brought in Steve Grimmett to, to try and target the American market more, as he had uh, a reputation there with, with Grim Reaper. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that wasn't good. Um, as much as Steve was a great singer, he wasn't a fit for the band. But but the album sold, and that, I can't argue with them in that aspect. But it didn't sell what they wanted. It, it didn't. It didn't do two million copies right. straight away, um, and then. Steve Grimmett left within within one year, and all the fun had gone. They taken the fun out of being in the band. You know, we we'd had such a an amazing five years previously to that. It was incredible. It was the best roller coaster ride you'd ever had. And then all of a sudden, when when you you sign to this massive label, and you think it's going to make you uh, a massive band and not have any financial worries, um, it all went very sour
6: mm-hmm.
3: um and it, it eventually caused the band to split really and that was the the catalyst for for us breaking up really so um yeah instead of be, instead of being good times it was bad so that that would be the, that would be the one i'd uh email email myself don't sign to polygram <laughs> right
2: right do you think like th- we? okay yeah it sold a couple copies and all that but like you said it ended up destroying the band is that record kind of like um was it the change of vocalists do you do you think harmed it much like in the way max left sepulture and they haven't been the same you know when halford left left priest they went down the tubes. same same with maiden and all that do you think it was no no, no and nothing against steve
3: great guy great vocalist yeah yeah, yeah but some. do you think that was the catalyst that uh it, it was a major factor yeah i would say um, obviously, the, the production on the record um, very, very clean, very slick, very unheavy. With the with the mixture of Steve's vocals, it it, it took it away from a thrash album, you know. Mm-hmm.
6: Um,
3: but as I say, the songs on there are fantastic, and we've just re-recorded um, the the track in Search of Sanity with um, with this kind of sound that we've got on Generation Antichrist um, with with Dave doing the vocals and it sounds amazing it right. sounds so heavy and aggressive um so I, I can't wait for people to hear that you know because I, I need to re-record the whole album in this way eventually over time just to just to lay it to rest you know because I, I love the songs on it but it just doesn't come across as onslaught for
2: me right 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 i think that would be a great idea speaking of dave um where did you find him? What's the story with him coming on? Great vocalist.
3: Yeah, thanks, man. Um, Nick Day for years. Um, obviously, um, his best buddies with James, our drummer, um, they live in the same town in in England, and they were in the same band together. So um, when the kind of situation with Cy arose, it, we were kind of aware we were... Possibly gonna need a new vocalist. James said, "Well, let's let's have a word with Dave and see what he can do." Um, so, which we did. But then all of a sudden, Cy was unavailable for a show at very short notice. That we did. It was the last show before lockdown, actually, at a festival in Sweden. Um, so Dave said, "Oh, I'll step in for you guys if you like." <clears throat> yeah, two weeks notice to learn the set. Um, absolutely blew everybody away. He blew us away, and and the fans there as well. And that, that was the kind of, OK, this, this guy is really, really talented guy, um, very nice guy on a personal level. So um, let's let's look at the situation. We got back from the festival and then obviously things panned out with Cy si where we, we both agreed that we were going to go separate ways. Um, so Dave, can you come in and demo a couple of tracks for us it's like Wow, of course, yeah, I'm, he's like he's a massive onslaught fan for long back anyway. So Oh, excellent. Um we 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 threw him a couple of tracks. Um sounded great. Right, Dave, you got a job, you've got three weeks to learn the album. <laughs> Let's go, man. <laughs> it right was on. like so he was like uh he was he was shell-shocked basically to to quote a pun from one of our songs. <laughs> no, he, he 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 didn't he was just like from five weeks he, he'd done a stepping gig. And now he was doing the vocals on Generation Antichrist, and it's like, wow, um, what a job he did! I gotta say, he's um, he really stepped up to it. For sure, for sure. And finally, I know you're a busy guy doing all sorts of
2: press. Maybe just let us in. The next 365 days. Hopefully, this will all blow will blow over soon. But what's going on with
3: Onslaught then? Yeah, it's tough, man. What do we What do we do now for? Um, I mean, we've lost so many amazing festivals over the summer. We were we were playing Wacken, uh, Party Zero Festival, Bang Ahead Festival. We were doing two death fests in America, um, and countless others. Um, we were planning the USA Canada tour for October November, South America, and Europe. So all that's gone. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, fortunately, the festivals are all the festivals are confirmed again for next year. But obviously we we have to start rebooking the tours which is a which is a a real uh, a real pain especially as all of these our work visas were paid for for the us and everything <laughs> it's like, oh man so um i think over the next six months this year um we're going to start once the promotion is ended for for the new album we're going to start working on new songs uh, which which we have already we started putting the the basics together for a few tracks already um try and keep ahead of ourselves but we're our agents are working hard right now um for shows 2021 kind of post april may um and see what happens we just hope we just hope something happens the, the vaccine comes out or something or this shit goes away that we can actually get these tours together um because we, we really need to promote this album. I mean, we we've gone, we put the album out now, when lots of bands have, have postponed playing their records. Um, we're we'll trying to be positive about it and, and hope we're we're jumping the queue. You know, so um, fingers crossed. After April next year, we'll be we'll be back on the road.
0: If you're not tuned in to The Shining Wizards, listen to what some of our fans have to say about the show.
1: Hey guys, it's The Stallion, and when I'm contemplating suicide, I throw on The Shining Wizards because nothing makes me feel better than knowing I'm not one of these four grown adults, virgin fucking marks, discussing a fake wrestling product.
3: Tune in live every Tuesday night, 7 p.m. East, rantemradio.com. It's The Shining Wizards, where it's wrestling talk and talk about wrestling.
0: International présente
5: les meilleurs succès de l'année. Voici Rock 84 avec l'envedette de Kings.
1: Rock 84, un super nouveau micro-sillon avec Peter Schilling. You will always and the News, Big Country et Madness. Carl Club, Duran Duran et Men Without Hats. Et de Flashdance, Michael Zambello. Incroyable, les plus grands succès de l'année. Rock 84 de Ketel en vente maintenant. Only three good things you need in life. Sex, beer, and be your rock.
2: Going back to the old days of the whole new wave of British heavy metal scene, but some more modern stuff from uh, 2011. That is the Mighty Bitches Sin with the title track from there, that record, The Rapture, good stuff, good stuff. That was one of those things, like, I had to ask Mr. Mr. Rocket why, you know, why Onslaught when when people talk about the new wave of British heavy metal, of course, it's Blitzkrieg, Diamond Head, uh, Bitches Sin, Girl School, Venom, like, like all, all, all the usual suspects. You <laughs> never really... You never really... Like, Onslaught was never mentioned in that same breath. You know, and uh, that always kind of, you know, kind of gnawed at me, you know, and all that. But then the way Mr. Rocket explained... You know how during that pyramid of those artists that I that I was talking about, they were more towards the hardcore punk sound and scene. It's like, oh yeah, right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Evident of that is the the track "Thermonuclear Devastation" from Onslaught, um, from their last demo right before they went before they went metal with their debut album power from hell um which they did another version of thermonuclear devastation a more metalized version shall we say for said debut so good stuff good stuff once again be sure to check out generation antichrist available now and like i said dude like this record is definitely a contender you know i don't know what our rammy awards okay are going to look at like COVID is really fucking with everything oh my gosh yeah and <laughs> i'm almost afraid to see what it's going to do you know to the rest of the year and how it's going to affect that but you know this year with everything that's going on kick-ass records are still being produced Generation Antichrist is definitely right up there. So go and check it out. And once again, thank you, Mr. Rocket, for taking the time out and speaking with us. Next record, let's do it again. Pretty interesting week as well with everything going on in the world. And one of the things that caught kind of caught my attention was um especially now like with band with what band camp did yeah okay and what they're doing with these special band camp days and all that and they deserve all of the credit for what they're doing it's even more so when um the recently spotify's ceo daniel eck kind of put it out there like he he had he had, okay, this is the reason why no one is making any money off of us and all, and all that because you guys just aren't making enough music. And that kind of raised a few eyebrows within the, within you know within bands. Like I know people from the scene here in here in Winnipeg, you know, and just uh, I've seen other bands. Online saying like this guy's got to Give his head a shake has this guy Ever made an album Does he not know everything That goes into it with the way The record industry is right now You can't Make a new album every year I think this guy Is just kind of like has he ever been in a band
0: (laughs) You know I'm honestly On his side Okay I really am because and but here's the thing like for for effect they're like oh it's those lazy musicians like they're putting words in his mouth like i'm looking through here i don't see any quotes of him saying lazy musicians but he's saying that you know people need to release albums more than every three to four years right you know and really that's that's the same model for radio. Like if you wanted to make money on the radio, you didn't put an album out every four years. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like if you if you think about where our industry has gone, right? Like let's go back to the days of what my mom used to call bubblegum pop. Right? Because you could get like a 45 for five cents and it was all cutesy pop song uh-huh. kind of stuff and you know she'd buy those dance to it on the record player in her room and that was like really the era of the one hit wonder they're always on the to years, the next thing yeah. the next thing yeah exactly right <laughs> and that that movie the wonders is one of the greatest rock and roll films ever for so many reasons we could do a whole episode on that anyway uh-huh. um but so you, you had all these like like hits and stuff, right? And so what did you do once you got a hit? Well, you know, you got this new artist. Well, okay, you've got this hit song. Well, now you're going to record this other song that we already know is a hit, but now we're going to get your version and your version is going to sell. And like, look at like, who's the guy, Pat Boone, that, um, that re-recorded like everything that was like a top selling album, um, especially if it was a song by a black artist. Mm -hmm. Because that way you had a white person singing it, which is a whole nother.
2: Yeah. Well, we can't have middle American white kids listening to those Negroes.
0: Right. You know, (laughs) but yet the kids are like, no, I I like the 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 black guy better, you know, Uh Uh because it's got soul. But, um, you know, so, so you've got all this stuff going on where the industry was like, Oh no, let's do this. Let's, let's do Let's, you know, keep manufacturing these hits. I mean, like, like, the, the Wonders movie is like, oh, you're gonna cover these songs from the Playtone catalog. Like that's what they did because they're trying to keep the 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 plays alive. They're trying to keep people, you know, listening to it like, oh I like this song, but oh no, here's this version of it, you know? And like people were really it, it was much more of a business, you know, and people love to vilify streaming. And I, I still don't feel that streaming is the enemy as much as um, Napster. You oh, know? for sure. Like,
2: for sure. Like, I mean.
0: But it's... Napster's gotten off pretty clean. Like, if you think about it, like, like everybody loves to vilify Spotify and whoever else is doing any kind of streaming right now. People love to come after Apple and be like, you're not charging enough. Listen, we wouldn't be in this if it wasn't for what Napster did. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, Napster's the one who upset this. And then, like, I, it just, there was nothing worse than when the Napster thing came out. Like, oh, this is great. I can get these songs for free. I'm like, dude, like, you're essentially stealing. They have enough money. Yeah. You can't uh-huh. tell me that. <laughs> like, like, no. Like, like, they'd be like, I just come over to your house and like take your TV. You have enough money; it's fine. Yeah, you've got you have know? money. Like, 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 what a shitty argument! But nobody, nobody backed Metallica on that. Like, that's that, that, that. I, I, that that was probably like the the first time I'd agree with Metallica in years with a decision they made. Oh, I
2: know? was totally behind them. Yeah,
0: you know. And people are like, oh, they're they're making fun of them like crazy and all these memes. So I'm like, no, no, they're dead on for this. They're dead on mm-hmm. like this. This is stealing. This is people's property. This is rights like like you don't own this music just because it's out there. You don't get to take it. This isn't like a free garden where people grow this shit. Like it takes a lot of work to make this stuff. Right. And, you know, coming full circle back to like we like were saying about making an album. So it's easier to make an album today than it was 30 years ago. Probably well, it
2: all depends on um, yeah. Like you and I could sit down on Garage Band or whatever and just make a bass and vocals and all that, but uh, uh, we're talking like I don't use the word real, but I'm talking like a, an an album, an album, album on a reputable label. Okay, this is this is where. This is where the argument against what Miss what Mr. Eck was saying. Like like he was saying, okay, you need to make more music. You can't just do it every 3 or 4 years and all that. Mm-hmm. Okay. At the time, okay, in the 70s, okay, when the bit when the record label industry was booming, when the recorded art when when the art of the recorded music was booming was the seventies. Right. When bands were able they had the label support to put out two albums a year. Okay. And you're all throughout the 70s you could have a 20 album discography or whatever, 15, 10 album discography or or whatever in in that in that period of time. The labels were able to do that. The labels because of the internet, because of everything that we said, because of streaming, because of the theft, because of because of all of this, the record label industry is in the shitter.
0: Well, yeah, yeah but you we don't you, you need a do... label today. Um.
2: Okay. Obviously, artists still feel that they do.
0: Some or do. Else
2: they would disappear. How? Why is there still a prosthetic? Why is there still? a 20 bucks spin. Why is there still a nuclear blast or relapse? These are still needed.
0: Well, those bands are doing more or those labels rather doing more promotion, I think than anything else. And some of them provide management service and that sort of stuff. But I mean, mm. we've even had bands on the show and it's, it's been a few years and I can't remember who, but like we've talked to bands that have been like, no, we're doing okay with our own or, and they have like a distribution deal with a label, not like a, the label deal. Kind of thing, like, because, and I mean, I think it was even, oh, help me, um, damn it. What, um, what, one of the famous labels that helped Metallica in the beginning?
2: Well, they started out on, uh, well, okay, they signed in the, in, um, I believe it was under one flag in the, in England, they run Megaforce here Megaforce. in... Okay, yes.
0: Who, who's, who's the guy that, was, uh, that, did, that owns Megaforce?
2: That was Johnny Z.
0: Okay, so was it John No, who's the other guy? There's Johnny Z, there's another guy with another label. Uh, sh- Fuck. It's going to well, drive me crazy.
2: Okay, there was a lot of labels. Yeah, are you talking, I know. You talking Metal Blade or are you talking... Maybe
0: Metal Blade, maybe that's it. Who's the guy in Metal Blade?
2: Um, Shit. See, yeah, it's it's, too. it's it's yeah, but
0: but point being, like like I think it was it was one of those guys said that like they're doing more distribution deals now where they're really just handling the marketing and making sure that the music's getting to the channels it needs to get to, but they're not paying for stuff like they used to. But at the same time, it doesn't cost. I mean, it can if you go to these big commercial studios, but. You can do a record in your house, a good record. And there's been more records made in houses than I think people realize. You know, who um uh, um is it was it Carmine or Vinnie Apesy? One of those guys was hey. on I want to say I was listening to the interview with him on Focus on Metal and he was actually talking about how much he loves GarageBand on the iPad because he was putting down his drum parts that way. Okay. Like, GarageBand on an iPad, doing his drums.
2: Okay, I can see that.
0: You know, so, I mean, the, the technology is there. We're not using it. People, people, you know, use it to whine and bitch and moan on social media and do stupid videos and all this sort of stuff but when it comes right down to it there is so much stuff to create it just takes time right
6: mm-hmm.
0: and like when when do we see the real shift away from like that album every six months kind of thing like, like like when 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 did you start to notice it or even like the album every year
2: it was probably as okay it was the 70s that you were able to do the two albums every year as right. as the 80s started to kick in then yeah it became an album every year every other year
0: yeah typically an album uh-huh. every every one to two years but the I th- where i noticed the biggest slowdown was the minute the 90s hit
2: oh for sure yeah but the 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 death of the two album a year era was the start of the eighties. But yeah, by the time the nineties rolled on, especially if you were Def Leopard. Well, you know, there,
0: but, but they're also realizing though, think think about how how media changed from the seventies to the eighties. Right? We get, we have a new promotion outlet and a new way of getting people interested in the music. And we also had the advent of the CD. So they're reselling the same music on CD that people had already bought on album, on cassette, on 8-track, right? Okay. And you had the same model now that they were kind of doing in the 60s where they were just selling the same songs different ways. Now they could do that again, right? And so they are focused on this new medium. But then also we had the advent of MTV, right? Like you had mu- the, this music video era that came up in the 80s gave you a completely different way of of putting your artist's face in front of people so you didn't have to put out two albums a year and keep that touring schedule as much because you could keep their face in front of the fans easier with, you know, with, with the media that was going on at that time.
2: hmm Yeah, but that was, like, like I said, that was M- MTV and then Much Music and all that, those were just, those were pro- that's why they called them promo videos. It's not actual. It's not actual recording, and this is not what Mr. Eck was talking about.
0: Well, I know, but my my point was that they could keep it going, right? And he's also saying like like three to four years. Like I think if an artist put out every year, he wouldn't have anything to say about that. But I mean, like let's think about what started happening in the '90s. Tool. How often does Tool put out a record?
2: Well, it, I don't know. Between the last It was like 15 years Right Or it's, whatever whatever it was But weren't Tool pretty much Finished Like if, if you If you don't put out a, Like whether or not You actually go on the air And say We have split up Okay If you go That long between records Even if you haven't said anything Like you're Perceived as being done
0: Okay, like we all so, thought Tool was done From Undertow to Anima how long do you think that was?
2: I uh, those were the early stuff, right?
0: Yep. Undertow was the first record.
2: I honestly don't know, um, but I'm three years. Just, I'm okay.
0: Three years, and then from Anima to Lateralis.
2: That so, was this. That was the like fifteen, sixteen, seventeen years, was it not?
0: Well, it wasn't that bad, but it w- it was up there because that one was five years, right? Oh, okay. And then um, 10,000 days was another five years. And that was the joke that um, it actually took them 10,000 days to record it. <laughs>
6: mm-hmm.
0: um, but then um, Fear Inoculum um, was the first record since 2006. Right. And that was just released in 2019.
2: Yeah, that's what so I was thinking. So that's like 13 See, I, years, right? So, I really don't know my tool. Sorry. But,
0: Thanks. but like, they're one of the best examples for a band that just takes forever to put a record out. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, what's going on? I mean, now, thankfully, when they put a record out, like, I mean, I'm not a huge Tool fan, but at least it hasn't sucked completely. You know? But, I mean, like, the only other band that I think they can get away with, like, years between records is Metallica. I mean, like, look at their slowdown
2: yeah but they're 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 not making anything off of spotify either like the hard that hardwire album you know no one is making any money off of spotify i think that's that's one of the things that he's saying if even if a band today was to make two albums a year okay like with you get a fractions of a penny for every stream and all that no matter how much product out there it's never going to compare to when people actually bought music. It never will.
0: Well, but streaming's not the reason people aren't buying music. Because streaming is the new radio. Like, you don't have radio play, and you this fraction of a penny was the same thing like when you got your radio royalties, right? Those royalty checks. Yeah, so that right. would go up and down. And I would um, wager that Metallica is making money off of, uh, streaming. Even anthrax has changed their tune on streaming. They're starting to make money. Um, and it's either mega force or metal blade. One of them was even saying like, no, no, we're starting to see like a, like a big turnaround in streaming now because more people are doing it. Like you had a shift for a while because, because you had, and, and this is where, this is where I get frustrated because you know, these free sites, quote unquote, where people can do the illegal downloading, everybody just kind of forgets they exist because nobody wants to talk about that. But they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, it's it's the, it's the these guys because they're not paying it enough. I'm like, like even if it was like a dollar per stream, it's not going to make it for the fact that there's people that are stealing it, that are downloading it for free. You mm-hmm. know what I mean?
2: Oh, uh, yeah. I...
0: You know, so it's <laughs> streaming's not the problem. The problem is that you had the people that could get it illegally. And nobody likes to talk about that portion of things. But you know, you've you've got more people that are streaming now. Like, the, the consumer model has shifted. And people aren't buying a lot of physical things. Like, they're not buying physical movies. You know? Like, mm-hmm. this there's this minimalist thing that people don't have, have the physical space for stuff. I mean, dude, I have a thousand CDs or better sitting in my garage because I have nowhere to put them. Right. You know? And I still need to figure that out. Where am I going to put these CDs? And eventually, I need to come up with some sort of racks where I need to trade them in. You know, like, what am I going to do with them? But so, it's like, what kind of physical medium do you want? But also, think about the fact that, like, the CD, you know, it was supposed to be, oh, superior sound quality, blah, blah, blah. Like, we were all kind of duped with that. Mm.
2: I, I was still loving my vinyl when the CD came out.
0: Well, I know. But I mean, like, but vinyl sales dropped. Vinyl pretty much disappeared. Vinyl was, right. you know, mm-hmm. whatever. And then, um, you know, and and then the... Um, help me, sorry. I just saw sex text my wife. I got distracted for a second. Um, but, you know, and now vinyls come back. And people are like, oh, yeah, vinyl sales are out selling CDs. Well, yeah, because vinyl is a different experience and like Mm. let's take this back to like what clutch is doing clutch is putting out the recording special like i really wish that um you know when you bought like a deluxe package with a recording that you get the vinyl and the mp3 because i can't take my vinyl with me but i've always got my phone with me and that's how i listen to so much of my music you know um but clutch is a band that gets it like they created a package they're like okay so if you're going to pay this money for this ticket because we want to take care of our road crew like this shirt looks amazing
3: mm-hmm. you know
0: it's cool art it's packaging and you know people are like wondering what's going to happen with vinyl and i honestly think vinyl's only going to survive if people keep taking the iron maiden and the kiss philosophy of putting out a record where it's more than just a big round disc with a picture on the front and then a plain sleeve inside because mm, definitely that's, that's disappointing. But like when you open this record and it's experienced like live after death was like, dude, like that's something. And like, when I get this clutch record, like I can't wait to get that record and see what they do to it. Or like, like I was talking about the, um, the third man record I got with Jerry Lee Lewis, like, there wasn't a ton in there, but there were pictures, and it was like, oh, yeah, no, this is cool. Like, the packaging, they thought about it. And, I mean, that's the big thing, man. Is like the CD kind of kind of killed off the consumer in a way where you really weren't getting much. I mean, think about how much CDs kept getting smaller and thinner and thinner every year mm-hmm. before downloading. Like, oh, they're going to the DigiPacks, the EcoPacks. How do we make these things thinner, smaller, lighter, less packaging? I mean, man, one of the one, one of the primacies I got, like, you couldn't read a thing. You unfolded, it and it's like, okay, there's nothing in here. I couldn't even tell who did anything. And this is a far cry from when I got the Kiss record and I pulled it out, and I can read all the lyrics to every song. You know, like, bands just weren't interacting with the fans. And I really think that's the point of what, um, you know, Mr. Eck is getting to is that we have to you you've got to engage the fans and if you're only putting out a record every 3 years you're probably not engaging the fans
2: or you're, you're 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 you have to because no one is buying any records because the record industry is in the shitter okay bands have to be on tour like constantly right they have to be on tour more than ever now so, how how can you be in the studio that much and writing and recording new material that much when you're constantly on the road because you're not selling any records you you know what I mean? Dude, it's, a, it's definitely a no, vicious circle.
0: It, it is, and it's not because here's <laughs> the deal: Kiss did it back in the '70s when you didn't have shit to record with. You had these big clunky. You had these big big clunky What? was oh, that, Try that me. Try back me. Then. Sorry. Try me. Try me. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let's let's do this argument. This will be fun. No,
2: you have to remember. Like I said at the beginning yeah. of this whole conversation, back then you had a label that was that there was the supply, there was the demand, and all that, and you had the label backing for that. That's why you were able to do two albums.
0: Well, but you just said that they didn't have time to record. Like, they were still able to write and record, even though they were touring, with with or without the label backing. Like, if these bands are on the road touring all the time, because, dude, KISS was on the road all the time, and they still found the way to do
2: it. Okay, but there's... Yeah, but dude, the world doesn't begin and end with KISS. There's a lot of other bands.
0: It absolutely does.
2: (laughs) Okay, finally, I got you to finally (laughs) say it on the air. (laughs)
0: i will admit that all day long every day twice on sundays
2: okay no no but bands weren't it was yeah they toured and all that it wasn't the essential that it is now and you gotta remember when 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 talking to me you're talking i'm i'm thinking in terms of underground the less the lesser known and sometimes this is where our conversations get go askew because you're thinking more mainstream and I, I think we're doing it with this. You're you're saying, Oh yeah, Metallica's still making a bunch of money off of Spotify, Anthrax, KISS, all these bands are doing great on Spotify. I'm thinking, Okay, well, Onslaught isn't making shit. Okay. You know, <laughs> so sometimes you and I we have to get on the same page okay. of Well then of, of- conversations let's let's talk
0: about what the real problem is are they making a product that's viable enough and are they marketing it to the people that really want to hear it
2: okay what is viable enough
0: what do you mean so viable enough to become the mass consumer product that like say metallica and kiss have become but you know like and when we talk about kiss being commercial like i do want to point out the fact that i came on to kiss when nobody wanted to listen to kiss right so so commercial means different things to different people but so what's the product like are they really putting out a quality product you know what's
2: what's what's quality yeah exactly I think, I, that's I think, that's what we're coming yeah. down
0: to and so the thing is uh, like how are they marketing it to those people because there are other bands like indie rock bands that UNM might not like but people just go crazy for it so the thing is maybe there's just not enough people to support that style or or that particular record. They're like, eh, they're okay with it. I mean, bands come and go. Businesses come and go. And that's the thing is like, the music business is still a business. You know, people are in it to make money. And it's a lot of sacrifice, man. You know, oh, when I think cool. about what I was doing in the 90s to, um, to, to, tr- to try and get my band going, to get a record out, to play as many shows as we could. I mean, dude, I was working at Radio Shack I was going to school I was teaching guitar at the music store and then I was practicing easily twice a week minimum for like two to three hours Mm -hmm. you know and and that was just you know just trying to trying to write and get stuff going and then constantly playing and recording all that stuff so that's I mean, that, that's, that's the life. And it didn't work out for us, you know, so we called it. And that's, right. that, yeah, that's, that's the reality. I mean, like, you know, it, if, if you're not finding the audience, you're not finding the audience. I mean, like, you know, look at a band like Deicide. Who would have thought that Deicide would have the audience that they have and they've been able to, you know, have a career, I mean, that was was a pretty niche thing that they were Mm. doing at the time, and they did it. Same with Obituary, you know? Right. I mean, fuck. Let's look at Corn. Like, Mm -hmm. I would have never, ever, especially listening to that first record, thought that Corn was ever going to catch on. Because I'm listening to this first record, I'm like, man, I don't like this. You know? Mm. And and the first record sits better with me now. But just like I didn't like the way it's recorded, I'm like, why? Is it? Like, I think the one thing I probably did appreciate was still the vocals because I do like the um, the insanity of the the fact that it sounds like the guy's almost always like losing his mind kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, could anybody have predicted that Corn was going to come become as mainstream as they became? Because I mean, that sound what they were doing that was insanely underground at the time. You know, we, uh, we well, can no, say whatever the, we with want. With the first
2: about. record, yeah. no, no, they they had a major label push, and they knew that. Okay, they saw like, okay, this it spearheaded the whole new 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 metal thing. It was it was one of those it was it was definitely one of those bands. Corn, Limp Limp Biscuit, Rage Against the Machine. These were the bands that Oh god, Rage that, is not that, a that's, new metal that's band. Spe- that spearheaded New Metal.
0: Rage is so not new metal. Okay, well God, I hate when we have this conversation. <laughs> not new metal. Okay. Damn it.
2: <laughs> all right, all right. But like I said, that's a whole that's a whole whole other things. And to your your other point, Obituary, DSide? they ain't making shit off of Spotify.
0: Well, they're not. They're not. But, but what they were they making they, off of actual record sales? And what would they have done if, if Spotify was the only thing? I mean, like, they're also not making shit off record sales now.
2: Not anymore. That's why they're always on tour. And being on tour, you can't always be in the studio to make sure that, you know, to satisfy Ms., Mr. X's. Um, Quota or whatever. But
0: here's the thing, though. Like, I feel like we're we're vilifying, you know, the guy who who's the CEO of Spotify because that's where people want to get their music, and it's not his fault that the consumer taste changed.
2: No, it's you not. Know, the,
0: the, like, I I feel like we're the blacksmith complaining that we don't have any horses to shoe because everyone has a fucking car now. You know, like like that's that's what this conversation feels like a little bit. Stuff's changed. And so, like, what's the new market look like? You know, and coming back to what, what Clutch did, that was a pretty ballsy and cool thing. I mean, to be like, fuck, we're going to stream, like, a, a real live show instead of putting out old content like so many other bands have been doing and scrambling to do. They're like, no, we're, we're going to do what, what we want to do. Like, we need to play. We're going to give the fans what they want. And, dude, all the people in that chat were just going insane, losing their mind. It was great. So, connect with your fans like that. I mean that I
2: can get behind. Yes.
0: You know, like 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 let's let's take take a look at so onslaught. What's the last thing onslaught has done other than putting out this new record to connect with fans?
2: Well, um, first of all, they're not a multi. They're not on a major label. They're not. I think the last record was which which record was that was probably. I don't have the stats, but it was probably about four years ago. But Okay, so what have again, they done
0: though? How how have they stayed in the press? How have they stayed in front of you?
2: I don't know. There's only so much you can do within the underground. They they there they, you they go. put they, they put out a <laughs> see? But they you know they probably all have day jobs, even okay. though they're in this this, this uh legendary band in the underground, that only gets you so far. Okay. you so, know They probably all have day jobs, and they all can't be making two albums a year. Let like me really
0: bring this home. Four years ago, did we have them on the show? With the, we did. With, okay. And how many times have we had them on the show in the meantime?
2: The This 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 was it.
0: So, we typically only have a band on the show when they put out a new record.
2: Um, When they're, well, for us... For us okay right. we like to do the uh the face to face when they come through town and all that okay you know sometimes there will there will bands will will we'll talk we've been doing this for many years now we'll talk to one band and i can't give you any examples off the top of my head but we'll talk to them for this one album tour cycle as well and then they'll have another one and then they'll come back through town for the following record or we'll do a phoner and all that there's no we, we don't have a tried and true system like we're flying by the seat of our pants we can talk to bands when we can you know we right. don't have yeah we don't have We do, we don't have a schedule with bands
0: well but my point is like typically if we have a band on it's because they're doing something like, how right. often do we have a band on just because we're like, fuck, I want to talk to this guy and they've got nothing going on?
2: Well, that's because we, we have done that because, okay, they don't have a new album out, but maybe they're on tour there or they're. Right, uh,
0: they're on tour. They're still they're, doing they're, something.
2: Okay, but uh, I'm sure over the years, just because me as a fan. I wanted to talk to this guy. Like I have a bucket list or a whole bucket list still of bands that I want to talk to that haven't put out an album in years. Okay. That haven't done anything in years, but I want to talk to these people. Okay. You know?
0: Yeah. But the point is we haven't. We don't
2: have it tried and true. Yeah.
0: Right. And and my, my, my point is I'm getting is okay. So they put out an album four years ago. Now we're having them on again, talking to them because they have another album four years ago. And that's kind of the point that Mr. Eck is making. If you're only in the public eye every four years, that's not helping you, right?
2: That's that's not good enough. No, think, I, think I about, know think that. Think about that's... Taylor
0: Swift. Like, you can say that, oh, it's because Taylor Swift has a, has a record label behind her. But she does work her butt off to, like, you know, do mm-hmm. something for mm-hmm. her fans and stay in that public eye. Like, that's yeah, a lot and, of work. And, yeah,
2: but you can't put, sorry, you can't put Taylor Swift... And Onslaught kind of in the same, the same idea, because it's a totally different audience, it's a totally different sound, it's a totally different everything. But it's the same Every, it, like, work ethic,
0: is what it comes down to. Uh,
2: I, mm.
0: So if the guys for Onslaught I don't, I don't were know. doing their best to get into a movie with their song and be like, you know what, this upcoming slasher film, let's be the band for that. Then that give them another yeah. reason to go out and talk to people. Like, dude, you'd be like, holy fuck, this new um, slasher film has onslaught in it? Dude, we got to get them on the show talking about this. How would you guys get involved with it? Oh, my, and you were the killer? That was great. Like, you, you'd be yeah. losing and you, your you, mind. you know how
2: those artists, those g- getting on the soundtracks and all that, those are called syncs. And how they get involved in that is they have, well-paid managers and agents that are doing that shit for Taylor Swift. Not Mr. Rocket doesn't have the funds you know, and the connections to other industries to get them to do those things, to be in video games, to be in movies, yeah. to be well, on soundtracks.
0: On. Let, let you, me be specific, there's though. There's a big
2: difference between Taylor Swift and Kiss than Onslaught and Terminal Nation.
0: But I did spe- specify slasher film. We're not going to hear a a Taylor Swift song in a slasher (laughs) film.
2: No, but that is an example. That is an example.
0: But just because it's not a big movie doesn't mean it's not a way to make money is my point. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, and it's the same work ethic. Like, okay, like how do we get into this film? We're like, you know, are you networking, talking to people? Like, I, yeah, no, Taylor, no. Taylor Swift it's, it's has those people safer. now, but dude, right. like, it, that's not how it always was. And the thing is, the same thing with Kiss, man. Like, 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 you know, we we look at Kiss now and be like, oh, well, yeah, well, you know, they they have all these people, sure, but they didn't in the '70s when they were doing two albums. Like, they were just about broke on those first six albums, I think. Like like they were making nothing. Like Bill Coin was like maxing out credit cards to make that band work. Like like they were risking everything financially to make that band work, to achieve that dream that took a lot of work and it paid off and everybody likes to give them shit for it now. And oh well now you're commercial. Well, yeah. At the time nobody gave a fuck. Nobody that wasn't commercial until it was commercial. You know what you know what I'm saying? Like it took a lot of work. So what sorts of things are these other, you know, under, underground bands, if these are the ones that we're going we're to talk about, like, if Onslaught's only putting out a record every four years, well, what else is going on in that four years? Are they doing, you know, record albums? Are they doing book tours? Are they doing spoken, spoken word tours? If they're, not, why are we not hearing about it? Like, what else is going
2: on? Because they're probably working a day job so they can eat. And they can they got a roof over their head and feed their kids and all that. Like, there's just it's it's apples and oranges <laughs>
0: like, I, so you, it isn't, you can't isn't always like well like it, it's the same work ethic and it's the thing is like, like oh, i'm trying trying to think of like like a good analogy of something well so let's look at beta and vhs okay right like everybody says beta was the better product but vhs won the war essentially you know, no nobody has beta players, but it was the same sort of thing here. Like, beta just didn't have the product that took off. You know, they did the exact same thing, and they just didn't quite make it. I mean, like, look at other bands that sounded like Metallica; they just didn't make it. Why is it because Metallica had better management? Is it because you know, I mean, dude, you know the story of Metallica. Like bologna on hand sandwiches, they were living off nothing. You can't say that they had all this money behind them. They just had work ethic and will and they like were constantly okay. looking yeah, for deals. They had all
2: that. Yeah. But there was no Spotify back then. And that's kind of the point of this whole conversation. Well, yeah, but no but they it, there is now a Spotify. Well, yeah, but here's the thing is though, have,
0: you had bands that still couldn't make any money and didn't Make it with without a Spotify. So who was the villain then?
2: There were none. There were no villains.
0: So there were at, there has to be a villain because there were bands that were just as good as Metallica that didn't make it.
2: Oh, okay. why didn't they make yeah, it?
0: But it must have been a great so, there's great there's grandfather so of Spotify to, that kept them that from happened? making it. it. Had to be the great grandfather of Spotify that kept them from making it. That's it.
2: Mm, no no because that was a whole other world we're making when we a were joke kids. oh <laughs> <laughs> okay well uh.
0: but, but you see where I'm going with this like like so like we, we've talked to, I mean like so look at like the big five Exodus why is Exodus not as big as Anthrax Slayer Metallic, and Megadeth they all were co- going at the exact same time they were all coming yeah, up at the vibes. same time
2: yeah, but you have but to what? give um okay, I don't understand. Okay, with Megadeth, Anthrax and Metallica, yeah. okay. Exodus were still a lot thrashier. They didn't they didn't connect with a more mainstream market that the big four did.
0: Okay. So yeah, I love no, they... that you're calling Metallica mainstream now because at the time you would have called them underground. You if we go back to 1986 because that's the thing you're like oh well we can't we got to compare apples to oranges you know you're thinking about these these guys now so let's go back to like you know the early 80s when none of what they're doing is commercial right mm -hmm. none of those bands are commercial in the early 80s before you know before those first records none of it's commercial why did Metallica make it?
2: I, they just, it, it's a good question. It's its a good question. You're, you're absolutely right, because when I first heard Kill Them All, I never would have thought, when I first heard a Fistful of Metal, if I, you know, Show No Mercy and all that, none of these bands should have made it out of the underground.
0: They worked their and, asses off. They connected with the fans. They kept writing. They kept honing their craft. And that mm-hmm. is really... Like it's that work ethic that made Metallica the behemoth they are today that the CEO of Spotify is talking about. Like, and that's what I'm talking about. It's like, I don't see that kind of work ethic. And I think part of it is because we're so splintered. I mean, think, let's, let's think about like, you know, 1986, like other than, I mean, especially where I grew up, like other than listening to records and playing my guitar, there is nothing to do. We had four channels on TV. We had a VHS mm-hmm. player. There was no easy way to get to a place to rent movies. You know, like there was nothing to do. So you'd listen to music, and you'd read the metal magazines, and I'd play guitar. Like right on today, how many things are there to do? I mean, think about how many people waste their day on Instagram or or Facebook.
2: Too many. You know. Too many. Uh huh.
0: And I will bet those sa- those same people are like, oh well, you know, I could be a big rock star if I had Taylor Swift's money. Well, yeah. Well, you yeah. have to you have to
2: do something to earn well, it.
0: There we go, and that's that's okay. that is the point of Mister X argument. Like, is is like like the bands are the, like they're not doing what they need to do to to connect with the audience, right? So like, like I know where they're at today, and it's like, okay, it sucks. Like, yeah, they're a great band, and you're a huge fan of them. You know, like there, um, oh, there's, there's something that I was thinking about the other day that I'm a huge fan of that no longer exists. Um, but I mean, like everybody's got things like that where, you know, they're a big fan of something like, and then it, maybe it goes off the air or you never, it's never made again or, um, oh, I have, I have sitting in front of me, a guitar tuner. It's by the Sabine company. It is the best guitar tune I've ever owned. I don't know what I'm gonna do if it ever finally breaks. And uh, but Sabine went out of business. Okay. You know, like that just happens. Like they, they made mistakes. They made bad business decisions. Or you know, or or the stars didn't align, whatever it is. And that's what happens with a lot of these artists. So you, you like we can't blame Spotify. Like, because everything is, and especially right now, because everything is changing. Like, we've got to find a way to, to connect the fans, and the music together, and get, you know, get the stuff in front of them. And I mean, honestly, social media can be a great way to do that. Because if it wasn't for Instagram, I wouldn't have been on that Clutch show last night. Right. You know? And... I don't even go like I, I go on Instagram, but like I'm not always scrolling through the feed. So like I'll flip for a couple seconds, then do something else. And so I just happen to see. I'm like, whoa, what's this? Okay, I'll check this out, you know. But if you don't catch that person's attention, and that's the thing is like if you want to blame anything, we need to blame the amount of things that there are to take people's attention, and that's more media and the way media has evolved in video games and all those sorts of things than it is the fault of the record label or the fault of Spotify. I mean, think about how many different things there are to get somebody's attention. You know? Like, like mm-hmm. in, in a day. You've got all these things that distracting. you. I mean, think about the mainstream media news and those outlets and all the things they're trying to do and all the videos and all the clickbait and all that sort of stuff. That is all stuff designed to take your attention away from something else. So, as an artist, how do you get through that noise and get somebody out to Spotify to listen to your stuff? You got to be putting something out more than every four years. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah. In order, in order to, like, in, for Spotify to to make money off of Spotify's model, yeah, you have to. You, to make you money have to in cater- general. Um. Yeah. Yeah, but. And this is where I'll agree with you that Spotify isn't necessarily the villain because it goes back. You, you, you want to talk about who the grandfather of Spotify is? I do, I do. It's the guy that learned how... Okay, there's a moment in our history where some techno nerd learned how to make a music file and get it out there and all that. That's, that's the great grandfather of Spotify. Spotify. So no, they're, he's they're They're not the villain in this. They're just a company that's providing a service. But
0: see, here's the thing. The the file is not the problem. It's what happened with the file, right? Like,
2: like well, no, if there was no file, if there was no technology,
0: you, we wouldn't be able to do this show. If there was um, no MP3 file, this show would not exist without the gentleman that invented the MP3.
2: Okay, but um, what did Doctor Spock say?
0: Uh, live <laughs> I, long I'll, and prosper.
2: I'll I'll gladly give up this show. Okay, <laughs> right now, if we could go back and not and it not happen. You know what which which that series that 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 terminator-esque series of events okay if we could cut it off right there where illegal downloading and streaming and all this bullshit that's destroying the music industry if that if we could cut it off right there if we can go back in time okay if we can send the terminator back Not saying I want to kill the guy, (laughs) okay. (laughs) But if we could go back to that time and distract said techno nerd with, I don't know, here's a Playboy. Stop looking at that screen, okay. Whatever, (laughs) okay. Do you remember Um, MP3.com? What's that?
0: Do you remember MP3.com?
2: Um, no, no. You got to remember. I'm only recently now. I've been blessed with so many great co-hosts like yourself that did a lot of the techno mumbo jumbo with this show and all that.
0: So, so when my band dark water was coming up, right, we were forming 97, 98, right. And mind you, I was trying to play in bands all through that time. And I finally took college seriously in 94. And so I, you know, I completed my eight years of college in 1998 Right, And I'm being dead serious, like it just I it took me a long time. I didn't really know what I wanted to do, and finally, you know serious up and finally decided to complete my four years just four years after I started the first four years. but um so ninety eight ish, you've got the advent of the internet, things are coming up, you can connect with people you can email people you you have this new way of communicating a faster way of communicating and more access to information right so i was trying and, to leverage that for my band and what was awesome about the mp3 is i could reach more people than i could with a demo cassette because we were still handing out cassettes in 1998 mm-hmm. We're handing out CDs. Like I bought my first CD duplicator for, and it was a four four times CD duplicator for any of the tech nerds out there. You're going, holy shit, is that slow? But that was so quick. I think I spent about a thousand dollars to get a one to one. So like I could make however long the CD was, I can make it in a quarter of the time because it was you know four times the speed. And I would burn those, and then we'd put our we'd print our own labels. We bought our own cases. We were doing our own manufacturing, essentially, just one at a time, and we'd hand out the CDs, we'd hand out, well, sometimes we'd sell the CDs, we'd hand out the cassettes. Like, we were a big fan of the cassettes. There's another band, Level. Um, We got three of their songs and three of our songs, and they were on one side, we were on the other, and we did split cassettes. And what we would do is when we were going to play, when we were going to play a new place, right? When we were going to play a new place, we would um go to that place and say, Hey, we're playing on this date. Can we put this flyer here with these cassette tapes free for anybody who wants one? And right. our own was like, Sure. Like, okay. And so like, that's how we got people to, you know, int- the tapes are just there for free. We're like, hey, we're coming. We're playing this state, People could take it if they wanted it. You know, maybe they got thrown out. Who knows? But that got us people to come and check it out because we were trying to trying to give that music away for free, right? And this is very similar to, like, the tape trading that went on in the early days.
6: Right. right?
0: And also similar to what happened with Napster. But the difference that I always like to tell people that it happened with Napster is, one i the artist was in control of of the creation of that free product mm-hmm. you know now if it was getting duplicated by somebody else in in this case i would have been okay with it because again it was very slow it was very slow to duplicate a tape they couldn't do mass duplication unless they really wanted to you know right and, right
2: and, and that that was the idea of the demo they wanted they they would sell one copy to someone in the mail and all that and then that person would do would take the time and trade it and like no they're yeah yeah we've had this conversation on the show before the the I where we've had people say to us well isn't mp3 and file sharing isn't that just like your demo days well no it's not
0: okay so now like towards like i think it's somewhere in 99 2000 Right is when we first start hearing about the MP3 and how to make it in computer recording. And mm-hmm. I start dabbling in using stuff like SoundForge and Acid and, and computer editing and all that sort of stuff. And um, so we learned about this mp3.com site. And I'm like, okay, what's there? So you basically, you put your stuff up, you put it up for free, and um, the site pays you for the downloads that you get. I'm like, okay, this is awesome. And I don't yeah, know. You're
2: actually getting paid for your demo. That's...
0: Yeah, but again, it was fractions of a cent for every download. So this wasn't even a stream. This is somebody got it, got to listen to it more than once, right? And and they only mm-hmm. we only got paid for that one time they downloaded it. So they could listen to it infinite times for that one fraction of a cent. There were people making... Oh, my goodness. They were making, um, I want to say, $20,000 a month. Off of
2: mp3.com. Off of
0: mp3.com. Wow. Like $20,000 a month. Right? Think about that. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a fantastic income. Right, Mm -hmm. like I mean, we're talking like what two hundred forty thousand dollars a year, right? And they were constantly putting out new music. They were interacting with the fans that way. Like it was this this new thing. And and the guy that was making the most, because that was the cool thing, is MP three would let you figure out like, hey, who is doing the best? They sent out newsletters to use the artist. And the guy who was making the money was a New Age artist. And I'm like, okay, so people are into New Age. But I was paying attention to what he was really doing. I'm like, okay, here's how he's interacting. Here's how he's doing this. I'm like, okay, that's the lesson. How do we do that with our fans? And so then we started like printing up just like little flyers that had our mp3.com website on it. And when we would pass those out, like at shows and stuff, we would get a spike in income. Now, I mean, mind you, I think we made like let's let's call it $20 for the entire time that we did that but i was mm-hmm. thrilled because that was a lot of people listening to the music to get to that 20. dollars you know um so like that site ended up folding because i don't know cuz cuz this was also when the the dot com quote unquote boom was going on and people were just investing money in tech companies willy-nilly um so they, they didn't have a viable, sustainable model to keep that going. They didn't have the ad revenue like what they do today and all that sort of stuff. But that was the first time we are like, oh, this is fantastic. And like one, you know, like one of the guys in the band was like, no, man, I don't want to do this. I'm like, okay, we're only going to put up three songs. We'll direct them here. Here's where they go to like talk to us if they want to buy the rest of the record and we'll sell it to them. Because I don't think that time that we were selling MP3s, we are still selling physical product. Um, I don't think there was, like, an MP3 store yet for that. I feel like that was still, like, a new thing. But, um, you know, he was ultra, ultra paranoid about it, that people were going to steal his stuff. I'm like, dude, we're a water market, we're doing this, we're doing that, and it's it's our stuff. Like, like it's getting people out there. Like, you've got to get people to hear it. You know, it was it was, we were using that. In very much the same way that people were using the tape trading. And it was a very similar interaction where we could still interact with the fans. And, you know, I, and again, like we got paid for that. And that's why I'm like, no, I'm going to put it up here. Cause if we're only making a fraction of a cent, we're making something, you know, like unlike Napster, where nobody made anything,
6: <clears throat>
0: you know, and that's, that's the thing is like, so you had this MP3 site and then it folded. And then essentially Spotify kind of figured out that MP3, but without giving anybody the download, right? Because that was the other thing. It's like, so Apple took the their music store and then you could buy downloads there. And people were like, well, no, 99 cents isn't enough. He's like, but that's what people want to pay. You know, he's like, because that the Napster thing was happening and all that sort of stuff. And Apple's like, no, like people will pay this. This is what we're gonna do. And as much as people hate to say it, Apple kind of saved the music industry with the iTunes store. You know, like, Apple really, like, like Steve Jobs loved music. They did a lot for music and the music industry by doing what they did with Apple Music. Well, at the time, it was just the, the iTunes store. Um, but now, like, they have Apple Music, the subscription services. That's the way that people want to go. You know, like, that's, that's how the consumer has changed. So we've got to find a way to make sure that we can keep getting paid and how do you generate that kind of you know influence and how do you do it organically? And I mean, that's really like the challenge for anybody trying to create any kind of online presence now. And it really comes down to you've got to have great songs that connect with people. You know, like, mm, like what I said about okay. the Clutch Show is like, I didn't know more than one song that they played, but I still loved it because they were great songs.
2: Right on, right on.
0: What I think we
2: can both agree with, no matter what is vinyl, the vinyl packaging is still our favorite. Hell yes. Favorite format. It always will. The way the world works, the laws of nature is the husband the man has a shorter lifespan we have a shorter lifespan than our wives
0: only because they're going to kill us (laughs)
2: well well yeah no doubt no 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 doubt
0: it's like the thing set up by the praying mantis right (laughs) like once they're done with this off their heads you know
2: that's right that's exactly that's exact that that is what marriage is (laughs) It's a it's, it's a metaphor for the praying mantis. Man, I wish I had, oh, I wish I had some praying mantis queued up. Ah. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Anyways, the reality is you are going to go before Mrs. Aaron. I am going to go before Mrs. Snowy. Okay? Do you know what she is going to do? with because i don't i imagine that mrs aaron is not a really big metal fan no 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 do you know what she's going to do with all with your kick-ass album collection and not just your vinyl your cassettes your dvds your cds your magazines and all that do you know what is going to happen to those?
0: No, but if something happened to me, like let's say, you know, heaven forbid something happens to me tomorrow, she would probably be calling you or John Caddick and be okay. like, What do I do <laughs> with these albums? Would you guys like these?
2: That's, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure. Yes. Yes. If I go tomorrow, I, for one time on the show, we had to do like a quick count of everything that we had all the vinyls and all that and I was into the thousands okay yeah yeah because I just never got rid of anything everything people you know over the years well I sold all my cds I sold all my vinyls I lost all my cassettes and all that I kept everything okay even those freebie sampler cds that you get in magazines you go to a merch booth at a festival and every every booth had a cd sampler i made sure that i took one from every every um every every table and i kept it
0: i still have a ton of those too i'm with you man Yeah,
2: and because i'm just i'm just a music slut like that's that's it (laughs) you know if you want to if you if you want to expose me to awesome music I will definitely take it so I never I' never get got rid of anything and all that so when the time comes you know Mrs. snowy is going to outlive me she's going to have to decide what she's going to want to do with all of this the whole idea of this coming up the whole reason why we're kind of switching topics here is because there was another Topic that kind of caught my attention when I heard that one John Peel passed away. And now at first I was like, well, no, John Peel passed away not super long time ago, but far enough away. Like they, we shouldn't be talking about the death of John Peel. Okay. Now, who is John Peel? Okay. The the John Peel, okay, was a British DJ, believe he worked for Radio One, and he was for many, many years, he was a legendary DJ in England. He put a lot of bands on the map. Metalheads will know who John Peel is from the John Peel sessions, which Earache Records put together. That series of um of live shows featuring Napalm Death, Carcass, Extreme Noise Terror. I think I even have a, a Carcass John Peel cassette in amongst the rabble that you know Mrs. Snowy's going to have to do with these someday. As it turned out, John Peel, who had passed away, it was not the John Peel that kind of. Cleared everything up, but this Mr. Peel, and of course, we give our condolences to this Peel family for the passing. John, Mr. Mr. Peel's widow, though, now has fifty thousand vinyl albums on her hands, and she has chosen. Okay, she's got. She's she's got to get rid of them. She's not a big music fan, and all that. It's just to, to her, she has to get rid of these so she can move. Like, apparently, that's, that's the idea of it. So, she is selling this kick-ass vinyl collection for a pound each. Okay, now, I'm sure there's a lot of, uh, a lot of these records. are Probably a lot of these records are worth a hell of a lot more than a pound okay but she just she just wants to get rid of them and i'm not going to vilify her for that it's like it's hers do whatever you will okay dude actually i i would actually like to see <laughs> i would like mrs peel to send me a list of these 50,000 records and i will send her as many pounds as she wants for you know for the for the appropriate record and all that i would like to see the original the john peels the records that he left behind if his widow was selling any of those like wow imagine that
0: you know what i think mrs snowy would do for you i i think that um she would get all your vinyl and build like like what they did for darth vader at the end of um, episode six and just Put your body on top of all the vinyls and set it all on fire. It'd be like a Viking funeral kind of thing. There, there we are. I, I there think there that's what just, she's gonna do.
2: Just throw them all in the casket. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, all of this, this little story, has kind of got me thinking. Okay, what do I want done with all of this stuff? Okay, because like I said, I'm not a hoarder, I'm a collector. I think I think people get that mixed up every once in a while. Look, I got all I got all this shit that I'm hoarding and all that. No, these 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 are treasures that you're keeping. Why don't you look at it that way? Well, all of my treasures, I don't think that I just want being sold and no, I don't think I just want her to, to throw them in the trash or anything like that. think i want something done specifically with with my collection and i'm going to make it make it a public record right now we are recording
0: 2020
2: we this day yes (laughs) me i snowy white being of sound mind
0: (laughs) 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 loosely speaking <laughs>
2: okay <laughs> okay someone someone might argue that but <laughs> being of sound mind okay I my hereby my last will and testament I guess the last record was the new one courtesy of nuclear blast what's the New Testament record anyways I'm getting sidetracked yes the last will and testament um, what's going to happen? with Snowy's music collection. And for the sake of this will, I'm just going to put it, I'm not going to get technical in the wording, it's just everything all encompassing as the collection. So what your cool uncle Snowy wants done is, number one, Mrs. Snowy to go through everything. She can pick and choose whatever record CDs, DVDs, whatever she wants. Chances are it'll be the more the more mainstream, the more hard rock, the Def Leppard type stuff. That's probably what she would go through. After that, then how about our good buddy Ducky should probably come over and have him pick and choose whatever he would like from that. As well as Sky, our co-hostess who seems to be able unable to join us le- less and less just because of schedules and all that let her, let's her, let have her go through the collection see whatever she would like um, how about a sale maybe we, sh- we should s- sell them
0: um, I think you should to- allow Rock and I a thumb wrestle for your KISS records
2: I was, just about, I was just about to say. I was just about to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do have, I do have some former co-hosts on this show that. Chance chances are any kiss stuff you you and Rock already have. That 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 I would have. So definitely. Yes, but it'd be
0: yours. Like that'd be a special the, record.
2: Oh well, thank you.
0: Like I, like <laughs> like if I ended up with your rock and roll over record, I would probably hang that one on the wall.
2: Fair enough, fair enough. We'll, uh, I, I hereby bequeath all KISS-type memorabilia to Rock Valley Court and to Aaron Griffith. How does that sound?
0: I, I think that sounds great. And then him and I will like, roll dice for it or something, or play blackjack. There you, you know. go. <laughs> we'll, fi- we'll figure <laughs> there, it out there there
2: that way. Go. There you go. And then finally, you know, yeah, maybe sell them at at Bulldogs at, at the Park Theatre kind of have a uh, a sale the money for that to go I don't know we just lost we lost a really good friend of the scene recently maybe the money for that to go towards some uh, mental health charities and whatnot and then whatever whatever doesn't get sold um, I don't know dude What 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 do you think we should do just kind of maybe just give it away.
0: I think we need to go through it and see what you have that nobody even knows exists. Because uh-huh. I feel like you probably have some things that could be like literally like a museum piece, like an archival piece. And maybe it needs to go to some place like the Smithsonian or the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame so it's properly preserved. Um, I am willing to bet that you have a few things that would probably go well in the hands of private collectors. But, mm-hmm. we, but like I would work with Mrs. Snowy to make sure that we find the right collectors. Um, because I don't want somebody's just going to flip something on eBay. Because I mean, this is like your life's work here. That's the thing. Yeah, that's you
2: know? that's the that's the scary thing. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't want someone. Oh, this is worth something. Here, I'll yeah. pay you this. And then I'm gonna sell it for fifty bucks because yeah, like, I have no soul.
0: Like the the thing is like whoever's buying the records from this lady, I mean, she's making it very clear that she doesn't know or care about these records. Like the mm-hmm. article was just heartbreaking where she's like, People are asking if I have ska records. What's a ska record? <laughs> I'm like, Oh god You know, and then they're saying that some of the records are worth up to like two thousand pounds and it is very possible. Then, I mean, they might even have stuff that's worth more than that, because she has no idea what's in there with 50,000 records. But, I mean, you know, there are going to be vultures attacking that collection, you know, just throwing cash Mm -hmm. at her. They'll be like, I'll give you $50 if you give me first access with nobody else here, you know? And then they go through and buy a whole bunch of records and then make thousands of dollars on eBay, you know?
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's why we're not giving out any information about this. You people are kind of all on listeners. You guys are all on your own in contacting Mrs. Peel. So I think, I think maybe that's that's that would probably be best. Yeah, in be in the event that I go before and oh, oh we're I'm definitely going before Ducky and Sky, obviously. In the event that yes, I go before you, yeah, after everything that's done with them here in the Winnipeg scene yes let's have you you and Mrs. Snowy let's them let's you two get together and just do what's right with this because you're right yeah like it was tugging at the heartstrings like this this kick-ass record collection is just going to is just going to disappear and all that, and all of this will be wasted just because the guy died. So, yeah, yeah, that's too bad. By the looks on, by the look on the clock, though, we definitely between the kick-ass creature feature, all of this great music, and these great topics. Um, yeah, it's just about that time to wrap her up here. Uh, how can uh, people get a hold of us?
0: Well, they can use this thing called the internet uh, because they're getting this with an MP3. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah, let's let let let's put, let's put the internet to good use here. Con- contact
0: I, us. That's the thing. is, like, the, the, you know, as much as we go back and forth on the MP3 and the internet, it, it's done a lot of great things, you know. It, it, has. it has. And any, anything can be used for both good and bad, you know. I mean, like, mm-hmm. look at the tape recorder. The tape recorder is a great thing for us as musicians. We could tape live music, all this sort of stuff. But then, guess what? People use tape recordings to get other people in trouble. Look at the Watergate tapes. You know, like, like I, I bet Nixon's like stupid tape recorders. Hate them. You know, but anyway, no matter how you feel, about tape recorders, MP3s, and whatever else. You can reach us at RadioactiveMetal.org anytime you want. Drop us a line, RadMetal666 at gmail.com. Check us out, Twitter and Instagram at RadMetal666. Or go to Facebook.com slash RadMetal. You can hear this show every Thursday first on purerockradio.net. You can get us every Friday through iTunes and other podcast aggregators, but especially on Fridays, or I'm sorry, uh, through Spotify. Who is the devil, according to Snowy? Um, Through Spotify. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because of the wonderful work done by the Shining Wizards Network podcast. So shiningwizardsnetwork.com, we're part of that uh, community that network as well as our sister brother podcast uh, a wrestling night in canada and um you can hear us on spotify if you want to listen to us there There's so many ways to interact reach out hit us up talk to us whatever tell us how you feel about this tell us that we're off base whatever it is thank you for listening
2: mm-hmm. of course all this talk about technology and spotifying and mp3 and all that nothing nothing beats good old-fashioned tape trading like we did way back in the day which you and i we can say back in the day we sure can okay i I, right I hear a 20 year old say back in the day and i'm like yeah okay sit down anyways yes yes one of the things that i definitely miss about back in the day is the days of the pen bangers The back of Metal Forces. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) In the back, the back of Metal Forces magazine, where we would place an ad and we would trade letters, snail mail. And of course, with all with the pen bangers came the demo tape trading days and all that. Which you know, I was knee deep into that. Always that was always a good time. And if you would like to connect with your cool uncle snowy that good old-fashioned way contact us through facebook and we'll definitely get something going there some tunage to go out with um, the new exclamation record uh, 11th formula recently dropped courtesy of pulverized records here's some really good stuff let's go with the track Inferno dwellers. In the meantime, and in between time, that's it. This has been a Rocket Man episode of Radioactive <laughs> Metal. I knew I'd come up with something better than that. <laughs>
6: oh, I love
2: it. Uh, I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron. Signing off.